I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Last Talk More Movies, the show where I try and talk about movies, but never talk about anything and everything else. I am your host, Michael Brazen. To my left is... Jan Cole. To my right. Calm here. Was that a question? <laughs> Calm hair? Uh, I'm Calm hair? I'm in the middle of a fucking existential crisis. <laughs> so, uh, maybe. Have you ever gotten, like, Stockholm Syndrome for a song? Like what? Like right? I've I've been working out in this place. I think all you get week. your references mixed up here, Mickey. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Expe- explain what Stockholm Syndrome is, or what you think Stockholm Syndrome is, and then tell us what you're on about. Stockholm Syndrome is when you start feeling for your kidnapper. Yeah, sympathy for like uh, pretty much as uh, if yeah. you start feeling sympathy for is someone it? who like kidnaps you or controls you. Okay. Fine. Yep. What did you have a different definition? No, that's right. <laughs> well, go go ahead and. No, don't worry. About it. <laughs> Did, so you have, did you have a different def- definition? No. no. I've been working out in this place all week, and they always have the music channels on. Working out? No, I've been working like oh, <laughs> my right, job. You're working out, so you're lying to me, Mickey. <laughs> oh, good game. Pumping but, uh, <laughs> pumping <now. laughs> Um. Okay. Yeah. They they always have the music channels on, and so these music channels play maybe like the same five songs over and over again. And there's this one called Work by Fifth Harmony. Ugh. It's not the fucking Drake Rihanna one, which is horrendous. I know. <laughs> the funny thing is the Rihanna one goes like... This one goes work, 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 work. work. <laughs> it's the exact fucking same. Can I interject very quickly? Just now we brought up Rihanna. Uh, I was sitting last night and there was... Uh, <laughs> there was... You've been waiting. You've been waiting. <laughs> Old enough, this, this... For a whole year <laughs> this for lo- somebody to bring up Rihanna. This lovely just happened last night. I was uh, sitting listening to some fucking music on YouTube and stuff I got there but I was Chromecasting up on the my TV screen in the oh, house and from the where uh, Rihanna Shut Up and Drive came on and I enjoyed it and I questioned myself like <laughs> is it like ah, shut up and drive that's is the one that, is that what it is eh? it's, a, it's just called Drive isn't it no, shut up and drive shut up and drive drive drive, drive, drive. it's not too catchy for my looking I, like I was going shut up and dance I don't, I don't know the password <laughs> yeah I'm not down who's that Zara's mother <laughs> Yeah, I'm on the, I love it. That was all of them. 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 All of them.
beat down by it basically but it's a bit is that not like another fucking sort of offshoot of like earworm isn't that is it in your head all the time no so is it basically just like a song that you love to hit like a song that you hit but you actually can enjoy it when it comes on because you can tap your toes with it no it's Slap I've been trapped in a room with hands. this song and now I'm starting to like it <laughs> it's Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> so what you're imprisoned by this song yes because I'm in a place where I can't leave and this song is playing and it's played so many times that now I'm starting to feel feelings for it maybe, wouldn't quite call it Stockholm I would just say it's shit luck maybe, maybe <laughs> Mickey's a sleeper assassin though <laughs> Right enough. I maybe that song could trigger him to Aye. fucking murder Ed people. That song turns him on, look. Like. <laughs> Subliminal That turns him on as in you only fucking raids on. It turns you <laughs> on as in somebody got jail like a years ago. Uh, I think it's a, a fucking cage. Song, <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it's a very old song. It just has only been chosen to be released. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a test tube baby who's performing that. You know. And she's been enhanced, five of them. enhanced by the government and the fucking Illuminati. What do you what, what, what do you reckon about that, Mike? That sounds like a script. They 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 are all very generic girl bandy. You know what I mean? I do have to ask a question here, and it's just probably a very intriguing, uh, sounding script in a way, a narrative. Shall we uh, put Handjob Kevin on hold? I mean, how, how is Handjob Kevin progressing, Michael? I left you in charge of writing it. Mickey's just been working on the handjob part. Yeah, <laughs> I've been researching handjobs. An interviewing boy's called Kevin. <laughs> he went well, for my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mix that too, Mickey. Mickey but I mean, I, I, Mickey's been full method in the handjob for the last six weeks, apparently. <laughs> down down yeah. the bakery, they call him handjob day Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Never go full handjob like <laughs> But, uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. Danger Bottle is every week we get alcohol and we drink it, but special alcohol that isn't the regular alcohol that we drink. Oh, Mickey, you're really selling to me. Nah, no way. That, that was, that was powerful, Mickey. You're really fucking really, selling really, that. But, but, really this, rich... but this week, it's a very special one, because Shan is a big <sighs> shit-eating grin. I do have a big shit-eating grin. Uh, this danger bottle costs nothing, as it is <gasps> illegal. <laughs> I have... Oh, he doesn't hit... He hasn't gone and done it. Potching. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Are <laughs> oh, <laughs> you serious? <laughs> The fuck you get that? My grandma knows a guy. <laughs> Can we? Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy know a thing or two about a thing or two. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> uh, whoa! <laughs> now you can see why I got that like shit eating grandma. Why I've been so excited. <laughs> right now. I'll give a background. Can we put this out? <laughs> this is a crime type of thing. Who's lost them? I, I know. Uh, if, if they have a problem with it, now with the vote, we can just fucking hop over there. Speaking of the vote, last night, uh, after the vote came on, obviously for... Do you want to explain what the vote does? Uh, the vote, obviously, <laughs> was uh, the EU referendum vote. Very quickly, because this is going for ages. Though. No, no, it's very quick. One EU referendum vote for, uh, obviously, the UK to remain or leave the United, or the, the European Union. And I was uh, staunchly remain. Unfortunately, the vote did not go my so way. But la- last night, I think, was the first time ever that I... You know what you always hear about people? Oh, they comfort it. They comfort it. I, I've never kind of understood that. I mean, I just eat to be a greedy fucker. But last night... After the leave results started coming, as I sat up all night watching the coverage, mm. it's about five o'clock in the morning, and I was that sad that I was like, I literally can't find happiness in life at the minute. The only thing that'll make me happy is eating, and then I ate nine bags of crisps. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus nine bags of crisps, 
and half a pack of crackers. Ridiculous. Absolutely uh, ridiculous. You should have videoed yourself and, and put it up. I on, had crackers on some, want some, to find out as well. Sorry. Some big Facebook thing and going, this is what you're creating. People, <laughs> people that are going to eat crisps all the time because they're depressed and they're 95 jobs that don't pay Honestly. as much as what they fucking... <laughs> I, I couldn't get them on quick enough. I was fucking crossing that beam so I fucking monster. I'm watching Pringles too. Look, you know what I mean? Everything was going on at once. Mm. But, back to the patching. <laughs> Very, uh, Why is it that colour? Yeah, well, I'll explain this now, Michael. Uh, my granddad runs a football team, and every year they go away to Galway, they go to Portugal on some big fucking mad bender. Galway or Portugal, boys? <laughs> Galway! <laughs> right, so, be, be very careful and leave the names out as well. <laughs> oh, I know, there's going to be no names, but uh, my granddad knows a fellow, we'll say, from out in the country who's uh, been brewing this for years. Now, he gave him a ball yet there a few weeks back. Now, you couldn't just give somebody an actual sip of punching because it's essentially like drinking fucking pure alcohol. So what my granddad's done, right, it is the little way we bought a white lemonade, which Ugh. is good. And <laughs> also, good. also it has been uh, soaked in brandy balls for the last three weeks, which actually gives brandy it a nice sweet taste. Uh, it gives it a nice sweet taste. Fuck, nice. Now, this is essentially brandy then. Another, uh, another result of uh, the uh, the Leave campaign one on last night was me sitting at five o'clock in the morning half cut them thinking you know what I'm that sad I'm also going to test the patching just to see how fucked it can get me very very quickly <laughs> and I had that much ammo full you can see from the bottle so just basically like a you would say a a continental swig you say continental <laughs> I, I, I would say to the layman that's a triple <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to lie I took now maybe it was just the sort of placebo effect oh patching you know it's like 75 maybe 80% alcohol we don't quite know it gets you fucked up but I had that swig and I could feel myself getting more blocked immediately for about about 20 minutes because it was only a wee drink so Michael I'll let you have the first go with are we just swigging swigging we're just swigging swigging Rory McSwigging that's what we're doing McSwiggins that's 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 a mix now my advice vodka or my advice would be obviously don't don't go mad with it like oh I was just going (laughs) to down this entire bottle sugar Uh, well don't That smells like brandy balls. It, is, it actually yeah. it does have a nice wee taste now because it's been see? soaking in those brandy balls for fucking about three weeks. <laughs> see if I sank, I'd just be painting the town calm. I was concerned it last night. Mm. Go. It's, it actually tastes good. It does taste good for patching. Like. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I'm just, I think we're being a wee bit ignorant and thinking that. We're saying patching, like, you know, it's common parlance and stuff like that, but for anybody listening who's not from Ireland, Mickey, do you want to explain what patching is? It's Ireland's moonshine. Moonshine. Aye. It's the same as Irish moonshine. Triple X. It it's is. from Spuds, isn't it? Mate, aye, it's, aye, it's, I think it's the size. It's made vodka from Spuds. made from Spuds, though, too. Vodka's made from Spuds. Aye, it's well, f- vodka can be made from a couple of different... You can get potato vodka that, or, it's pre- like, it's pretty much. It's pretty much just, like, fucking near enough. Jesus, that smells fucking magic. Pretty it's, much. It's actually really smooth. Uh, I'll say it again. It's like my catchphrase now. You can throw it when I go a bit of beef. I nobody I find it honorable. I can also go along with Shan's thing that he said that I can feel myself getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and just note how difficult Jesus, that Shan, sentence was. That's <laughs> fucking awful easy to drink. Eh? I know it's far, really, far too, really easy to drink. Too, too easy to drink. But see, this is what my granddad was saying. He was all, no, I couldn't give him you know, the full Shan patching and stuff I like got there because they wouldn't like a taste it. And I was all, no, you're actually doing the more at the service making it <laughs> fucking palatable because if they drink that, they won't realise what the fuck they're getting themselves on for. You know what I mean? Aye, if it, if it was 10x shit... Uh, well, you know, well, we need to get our uh, our composer Ryan McGarrigal is also. Oh, don't don't we say that shit. <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah, fuck him. He's down south. He's away from the fucking. He's away from the federal. He's a medical chemist. I think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> I know what he's doing, but uh, he's also illegally make mention. Uh, he's also. Is made... it? 
No. Aye, no. But, well, I, I, I think I don't think it's probably illegal. Probably illegal. Aye, it's it's illegal. You can put fuck you want your system. No, Pro- you probably illegal. See, he made MDMA. <laughs> is it illegal for you to have it and and put it in your system? I'm not quite sure. I don't know the legalities. Probably. What is MDMA? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that that band that did that song? That was that that band that I. That, that was the very song. Uh, get you absolutely fucking wrecked. Somebody told me once. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> of amazing, Craig. <laughs> right, I'll take a wee swig Apparently, myself. you go to sleep scratching your balls and you wake up scratching your balls as well. <laughs> so technically, you'd be scratching your balls for a good eight hours and you don't even know it. Somebody told me it. Do you know what I'm fearing though, right? <laughs> is that because this is so easy to drink and if we start passing about, I genuinely think that this might be the first time that we don't get the end of the podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty done right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to test that theory. Let's put, let's put that theory to the test. Yeah, so do you know what's mental? I, I, like, I'm, I'm left I'm left are taking a swig at there now too, and not only do you like almost immediately feel the wave going up to your brain, but it's the heat. That's the heat mm. blast that you get. No, I, I know I'm on the slight fellow lads, but uh, I, I haven't touched just yet by it. I guess because I'm on I'm on a wee small fella. <laughs> It takes, it takes a wee bit longer. <laughs> nah, well, I'm joking. Obviously, that makes no sense to the fucking listeners because they can't see me. Plus, so if you were smaller, it would hit you better. Exactly. Would you like I, another I, I realized as soon as I said it, but uh, no, do you want another drink? It'll take me a bit no, longer. It's, it's hitting him. He just doesn't really know. <laughs> Your fist is going raw red. <laughs> Everybody's fist is going raw raw red. All day yesterday, that's why my fist uh, is red. Well, you, got, you got a fine color, but you got a fine color. Mm. Big fucking nah, fucking matter. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't have actually patched out straight away. Yeah, maybe that, I, that's the end of the podcast kind of deal. Because I was thinking that last time I was all maybe I should just kind of reveal this maybe before recommendations or some shit like that. Yeah. There, nah, but, no, no, you did a fine job. You in a fine hindsight, job. this is a poor choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, what have we watched this week, folks? I'll, uh, I'll go. I'll go first. Go. <laughs> Mickey wants to get over normally. <laughs> Strike yeah. with Iron Top, Mickey. <laughs> Anytime you get anything done, you get a shot of Podrin. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing that, but I'm just swagging out. I know. Hand <laughs> <laughs> it the fuck over. I know. I watched this week was The Secret Life of Pets. What's that about? <laughs> As if the title doesn't reveal all. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll be free going. It sounded like you had the most lovely Sunday mm. when you went to go see the Secret Life of Pets. Explain your Sunday to me, Michael. Um, went out with Jill, my fiance, and her mother, my mother in law to be. Mm. And we went out and got a nice carving. Mm. Oh, in the belfry, was it? In the belfry. They, they do some mighty carving. Yeah. Two meats. Oh, why? <laughs> Beef the and belf? turkey. Where is the belfry? Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so went and did that, and then went to the cinema. Did, did Jill's mind go to the cinema too? Mm-hmm. Did she like the film? She did. I, I realised I've taken her to the cinema twice now to see The Jungle Book and The Secret Life of Pets, so just animal movies <laughs> is, is where I bring my That's the way. That's <laughs> the way Leon lost heart. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, The Secret Life of Pets, it's, as Heron beautifully asked the question, it's about The Secret Life of Pets. <laughs> Uh, no, it's Lucy K plays the main dog, and then there's a bunch of other people, and there's Lake Bell. There's oh, what? we love Lake Bell in this podcast. We love Lake Bell. She is a mighty talented, mighty talented, mighty gorgeous world. woman. Girl. 
<laughs> She's a girl who wrote, directed, produced, and starred in In a World. In a World. Which is a cracking... What the w- fuck is In a World? It's a, no, actually, you, you would fucking love it. It's, you would love it. It's a, it's a cracking wee indie comedy, which is basically just about that wee kind of small uh, subculture of filmmaking about... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Voiceover artist. Voice, voiceover artist and trailer narrators. But she basically plays a woman who's trying to break into the trailer narration game. You know, like the guy, like Red Pepper, he's all in a world. In but a because, world. But because... Uh, in a world or inner in, world? In, in, in a, a world. In a world. In a world. Okay. I recommend it. There can I, talk. I, I recommend Louis it. Louis C.K. plays a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend I it a few months back, okay. but... Just as a very early recommendation, it's a crack and fun, really funny, really, really well observed. I know, no, no. Yes. No, 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 no. It's a, uh, sorry. I ended up doing it this year. <laughs> in a world where Heron drank Don't Pudgy. Don't look under the bed. <laughs> in a world where Pudgy was legal. <laughs> <laughs> no law exists. See, because it's full time. There's going to be boys bedding down that fucking door with fucking storm gear on them. <laughs> Back the old myth of the old, uh, you know, petrol bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out the Apache bomb, just to be grand. Apache bomb, drink it. Don't waste it. Best thing is, as well, well, at the very least, we can just hop over the border. Scotland, England, and Wales, it all fuck like. But anyway, no, Mickey, continue. Custom borders everywhere now, that's going to happen. Well, we have Irish passports, we're technically still EU citizens, so we're grand. Mm, I, I'm a f- fucking Irish. <laughs> are, are you a fucking Irish, Mick? I am. Are you a fucking Irish? Yeah. Fucking head. Like you look so pretty. You were like your fist and you were like oh, fucking rare, his first day of school. Song. Yeah. I'm Irish. Very rare. Maggie's proud of something. He's very proud out there. Mm. I like it. I like it. I like it. It's my one good feature. I'm I'm Irish. Irish. And your beautiful teeth. You have a fucking knockout smile on you. He's a serious set of chappers on him. Serious knockout smile on yeah. A luster esque. Mm. The Capri wouldn't get a look on. Anyway, go on about the <laughs> yes. uh, sick life of pets. Um. Yeah, people are in it. What do you call your Jenny Slate's in it as well? Oh, she's she's, class she's good. She has a really kind of cute voice, like, and she plays a wee cute dog. Works. There's no. Was that not a recommendation of yours? Obvious child. No, I've never seen it. No. Well, it's you, you, you recommended it to me. No, much. But Did I, I? I've never watched it. It's class. Anyway. I know. I wanted to watch it. Just never. Learned. It's on Netflix. Continue. I know. I know. Uh. Yeah. So. <clears throat> If you've seen the trailers for the film, it shows you a, shows you a bunch of just kind of... It's essentially like sketches. Like, you see all the owners leaving to go to work every day, and then it shows you what the dog does yeah. during the day. So, like, there's one dog that's listening to classical music, and then as soon as they leave, he whacks on System of a Down and starts <laughs> headbanging and stuff. And then there's, like, a cat that's... Is this Pixar? No, it's... Uh, Illumination, who did Despicable Me and oh, just the Minion that. stuff okay. and all. Nice one. But, um, yeah, so if you've seen the trailer for it, I was expecting for most of the film to be like that air, and it's just kind of wee short stories between, like, the different animals just in their houses. Doesn't really go that way. You get all that kind of stuff when everybody leaves for work, but then it concentrates on Lucy Kay's dog. Does that, I was going to say just as a question, does that get tiresome after about just these kind of sketches of what, because I mean, it would probably be funny once or twice, like, oh, this is what a dog does when your owner's away, like a sort of animal version of Toy Story, but is it not a wee bit 
does it come off as a wee bit tried and tested or a wee bit kind of oh, no because it does it doesn't actually last that long it lasts ba- like basically what you see in the trailer is as much as you get in the film oh, of okay. the, di- the different stuff that because okay. i actually wanted a bit more that i i was expecting it to be like you mind that show creature comforts yep but it's but, but i the walls yeah. and grommet people that's uh, nick park on it i don't know yeah well that's who created walls and grommet he's a yeah. fucking genius anyway continue I was expecting it more like air, not like a documentary style thing, but just kind of wee wee stories, just kind of interweaving. A documentary yeah. style thing. No, because that's what Big Creature <laughs> Comforts was. It was a documentary. I, I, I thought you meant an actual hard up documentary. No. <laughs> interviewing dogs and their owners leaving all. <laughs> no, Creature Comforts. It was a <laughs> documentary. <laughs> they would like interview the animals and stuff. No, 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 no. <laughs> 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 Why translating for the dog? Let me tell you, Heron is doing some serious method dog here. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is some good dog. I'm saying. Get off my leg. <laughs> um. Yeah. So it concentrates on Lucy K's dog character, whatever you like. But uh, his owner comes home with a new dog, and Louis C.K. doesn't like the new dog, and it's a big massy dog, and he just big. Is it Toy Story except by dogs? Mental boy. <laughs> kinda, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, actually, exactly that. like <laughs> fucking a month ago. No, you you were asked no because you were all about does the wee short stories get tiresome? No. No, that's what you asked me, and you, and you said, and uh, would you want it to go on to like a Toy Story kind of thing? But I was concentrating on does the things get tiresome because they didn't, because they didn't last that long. Oh, uh, go on. But yeah, I never actually made that connection. But it is pretty much like Toy Story. Like they don't like each other, and then they're forced to be outside, and then they're trying to get back home and stuff. So yeah. Pretty much Toy Story. <laughs> Tells us because a gang of evil animals. And obviously, it was something you talked about last week. I'm seeing a lot of people mm. kind of maybe un- unfairly kind of don't know why we see it anymore. Probably because they've been it's they've been released around the same time, and obviously, Zootopia or Zootropolis has been fucking like ridiculously successful. But because obviously they're about pets kind of doing their own thing and stuff, we got there and find us. Is there any sort of comparisons? Because I know that it is kind of being unfairly compared to that, like as as it's lesser. Now, no, or, well, or is, or is that just like a kind of ignorant a comparison just because they both involve pets? I mean, like, because from the sounds of it, they're two completely different films. Aye, it's a it's an ignorant comparison. Like, it, if you've seen the two films, you'd realize they're not like these in the Secret Life Pets. They're treating them as pets. They do, like mm-hmm. in Zootopia, they've been humanized. Or, they're not self aware. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> well, can, they are self aware. They, they are, but aye, they can talk to each other and all. But aye, they're barking at their owners and whatnot. Yeah. But aye, they they go on like pets rather than humans yeah so outside of the art of him what's likes dislikes well you see i liked all this all the short stuff of like the owner leaving and then seeing what the pets did like there's like one bit with like a sausage dog where he flicks the bowl out of this mixer then uses the mixing beater to like scratch himself it was really funny (laughs) (laughs) but i that's what i kind of wanted more of that stuff and you could even just have wee short stories kind of going through it like i wanted more of that but it doesn't last and it just kind of goes into this kind of general standard, all oh, these two don't like each other, now they have to work with each other kind of story. Yeah. And there there are some laughs to be had in there. And there's a mental rabbit that's, I think it might be Kevin Hart that does the voice of the rabbit, but he's funny to a point and then just gets irritated. Man, never stops for Much like Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much defines his career. Like I'm that. not sure, I'm not 100% sure if it's Kevin Hart or not, but I think it might be. He's do, definitely in the film. Do you know the worst thing is about Kevin Hart too? See anything, like I really 
despise near enough every fucking thing he's ever been in and I don't find him funny whatsoever because it's just that really for me lazy broad humour but what annoys me is that when I see him in interviews and stuff like that he seems like one of the nicest kind of most articulate people about and I kind of want uh, they like him but I don't it's you know really I mean? annoying I think it's, it's you know we were talking about like certain actors if they fucking take a few films whatever I'm wondering if he is going to get out of that or he's not at the moment though I mean like unlike Jim Carrey and stuff like that and doing that sort of Slaps like broad. He's, not, he's it, not been in anything that's no, restra- no. That he's he's done nothing of substance. Put it that way. The me, his most memorable thing to me is just a five year engagement. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And that's he's, he's just done that for a wee minute now, and then he's just always all you know. He, he says the uh, that's Nicholas Stoller too. We were talking about him last Stoller, week. Right? Nicholas yeah. Stoller, and it's what am I blunt? And she says, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I think I'm gonna stay here until next year. And he's all, yeah, sorry. So, so the rest of us gotta get out of here. You know, so, yeah, you probably just gave it to you because you're, you know, you're fucking him, whatever. It's gonna hang on. So, no, I, I worked really hard. But and he's just all, ah. Eh. <laughs> so, no, no, I, 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 you know, I, I, I work with his all. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Not there. And he just does this a few times. Me and Bob are hanging ourselves laughing. He's all, ah. Eh. <laughs> I got there, and it, it's like the, it's his funniest part in the whole film. To me, it's really annoying, but that's his most memorable thing at the minute. For what he's done, he hasn't come up with anything like so original just yet. It's just that that to me is his funniest thing he's done so far. That, that new one he has out with the Rock Central Intelligence, it looks funny, but it looks pretty standard story wise. Well. Apparently, as well, I was. The Rock looks far funnier than him. I, yeah, I know. The I, I think. Us. He's no, just, he's I, think he, <laughs> I think Kevin Hart is kind of playing the straight man. Mm, to mm. the rocks, which is astonishing. You know what I mean? Man. It just shows how. No, but he's playing the straight man and get or the the fucking Ice Cube one. Uh, right along. No, no, Ice Cube's playing the straight man. Ice Cube is always the straight man. <laughs> like, like, look at the Twenty One Jump Street series. Ice Cube is never I know, you mean, Get hard. He plays the straight no, man. Well, well, I suppose technically, uh, Kevin Hart's playing the straight man because he's like he's the husband and all and. Ice Cube's like the way the fucking he's off doing the mad adventures yeah. whereas you know that's what I mean by yeah. straight man he's he's the fish out of the comedy oh comedy strip um, well I suppose fair enough oh fuck what was I going to say yeah I, I don't know from like don't get me wrong I haven't seen a lot of Kevin Hart stuff even though he's done fucking stacks yet especially in the last five Kevin years Hart's but, as well. Shit. but I mean it's like I don't know it seems like there's he has more to offer, but at the same time, if he's comfortable just doing, I don't think he has more to offer. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's not. pretty much. I think I, maybe maybe I'm being a bit generous. Like, but, I mean, if if he's happy enough just doing that, and do you know what the best thing is as well is that he's fucking ridiculously bankable. So see if every one of his films are busting the fucking box office every time. He'll happily keep are it going. Like, aye, all this guy like fucking uh, Ride Along was fucking huge. Ride Along Two was pretty big. Central Intelligence, from what I've seen. Has that like fucking broke records for a comedy release yeah, in America? I don't know, probably. But that's more to do with The Rock and Kevin Hart. It's right. I don't know. If Kevin Hart is massive in America, like. I know. He, he's he, not, he's he, does, re- he does make money. It's a strange thing, money. though. I mean, like, you know the way you always hear that thing about celebrities or actors over here? Oh, they have to break America. Like, they have to get an American audience and then they've made it. Sometimes there's an inverse of that. And it seems like Kevin Hart is sort of the inverse. Kevin Hart is huge in America. Man. But he's not really done over here, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of people know him, they see as oh, there's your man from that and that, but I don't think he could open a film in, like, the UK or Ireland, you know what I mean? Hmm. He was funny and this is the end. He had a wee bit in that. Yeah, yeah there's a wee more that, I do, yeah. But, anyway, think, uh, Secret Life Pets. Uh, Secret Life Pets, it's, it's fine. It's, <clears throat> it's, it's kind of, like, 
No way about Pixar films. They say they're adult films that are kid friendly. Mm-hmm. This is a kid film that is adult friendly. It's it's easy to watch. You'll enjoy it, but there's nothing really great in there. No? Yeah. Out of five, I'll give it a three. That's not bad. That's good, actually. Yeah, no, it, like I would, I would say watch. I wouldn't say it's a bad film or anything. It's just the the actual story. It's a, like as Heron made me realize it's a, it's a bit like it's a bit like Toy Story. Yeah. So you kind of know where it's going, but there's some laughs to be had. And if you if you have pets and you're kind of mad about your pets, you know, there's funny wee bits in there. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> I will... Do you want to go next? All right. Go ahead if you want Well, I'll wait. It was quick because we, I'm going to mention a film that uh, we talked about before. I went to see Nice Guys this week, which Mike had talked about before. Um, Like as I said before, I'm a big Shane Black fan or not there. Um, I think the Nice Guys is, if you're going to compare it to any film of Shane Black's, it's probably closest to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's just... Uh, Without all that separate referential shit, as Russell Crowe <laughs> said. Uh, um, You're holding some suspense. Why do you like the film? I thought it was really, really good. I thought it was really good. It was funny. And it was enjoyable. And I think, I think that the, the it's like you talk about comfort food. I think it's a a comfort film. Yeah, as in you, you kind of know what you're going to get, even if it's going to be shocking. The shocks are not really going to shock you that much it's, it's kind of strange because for me knowing you and, and knowing how much you love Shane Black and obviously you don't like a film it seems like there's a slight part of it you just seem a wee bit disappointed maybe in well, a way it, it's, ne- it's never going to be I mean it, it's, it's a thing a underwhelmed I've really no I, I, to be honest or were you the, the, what I've come to terms with right is that see when I'm watching the film I really enjoy it see when I start thinking about it in retrospect you can you can see what the working parts are. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with like Tarantino and stuff. No, you can see you can see you know it's actually enjoyable in the moment. It really is. And we friends and whatever you're watching the film, you can see it's a great piece of work. But when you go, you take a step back and 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 uh, I suppose break it down a wee bit, you can see all the parts of it. I mean, there's a couple of devices that we're using in in, in the nice guys that we're using Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and. I love Kissy's Bang Bang. I thought I thought Kissy's Bang Bang was a lot more sophisticated than Nice Guys, to be honest. But um, and I, and I think there's a few things that were used that have been used in all of his films. Uh, that were just used again, and I was like, sometimes it was nice to see them. At other times, it was like, right, well, you could. Do you think it was a bit lazy? No, I thought a couple of moments where. Like I mean, I think it's because it's that it's that fan sort of thing of of the end, you know. Oh, fuck, I'm not gonna tell you the end, but um, there was a there's a thing that happens at the end, which happens at the end of Last Boy Scout, mm-hmm. which I have talked about. If you listen to previous podcasts, you know what I'm talking about. It happens at the very end, and you're like, right, this is a this is a purely pandering to body cop films. Uh, I was like, it's yeah, grand, which is a thing he said he never really would do. You know, we were talking about this here. He, he, you know, he was a lot darker and he's a lot pulpier before. But now in this film, when he feels like he has the most control, that seemed like a pure pander. Do you, sorry, just very. Do you think it's that sort of thing? And I know that sort of like Tarantino was kind of accused of it too, where when a director, or maybe sometimes a writer, but more so a director, 
maybe has you know two or three of their first films and they kind of get renowned for a certain maybe visual style or narrative style mm. and then because it's well known and people expect that they happen the director maybe even subconsciously or the writer maybe even subconsciously starts to play up there a bit in litter films you know it, what i mean it, it, it's pretty odd can, because... can i just summarize what chan just said do you think he started believing his own bullshit no <laughs> no i don't think so i don't think so what, what i've actually uh we've started to realize what i think about shane black is that all of the films that he's made that i regard him for they're in the bit... same universe and they're all interconnected no <laughs> not um, a ring star wars movie. <laughs> See, because what he said um, about all of his films and what I thought was like a Shane Blackie style isn't actually a Shane Blackie style. The things that are truly a Shane Black film is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and this, and they're almost identical. Black film? No, they're like black. They're, they're, they're film noir. Shane films. <laughs> film noir, pulpy, whereas yeah. all the films that I love him for, like Lethal Weapon, Last Action Hero, Last Boy Scout, Monster Squad, all this kind that of stuff. Was, that was producer these, notes. These are producers and people that have come in and made them what they are. Do you like Monster Squad? No. Fuck, I it's love Monster Squad. Fred Decker. Class. If you like that, obviously Shane Black doesn't write it, but it's an R one. No, he did write it. No, Shane, no, but, no, he's Shane, he's Shane Black didn't write the R one by Fred Decker. Uh, no. I recommend it as well. You go at Night of the Creeps. I think he'd love Night of the Creeps mm. as well. Anyway, continue. But... What I've come, what I've sort of come to realize on this film is, is right, the 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 first, uh, the two times it's Shane Black has a complete control, as in, right, well, maybe Iron Man, but that's not complete control. It's a Marvel film. Yeah. The two times he's a complete control is writer directors, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and Nice Guys, and they're like, they're apart from a few, uh, working parts and a few devices, they're almost identical. Do you know what I mean? They're like. Two guys, oh, they like each other, they don't like each other, then they end up having to work with each other, they argue and they bicker and it's very funny and uh, somebody dies and then, oh, somebody else dies and then, oh, fuck, somebody else dies and, oh, maybe it's all connected and then it's the end and you're kind of going, right, this is, this is, that's all Los Angeles, I mean, and Christmas. (laughs) I was going to say, did you catch the week Christmas tree at the end? I wasn't even looking for it. <laughs> see, see, even that, that for me, I mean, obviously, I've, I've seen pretty much everything else that fucking Shane Blackstraw wrote or directed, but that alone, like the whole thing that he's known now for doing like a film that, you know, it's always set around Christmas. I mean, from what you're saying, as like a wee throwaway reference, the fact that it's, even that would kind of annoy me. It's, 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 it's just outside of It's always on two, though. Lethal Weapon and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Or in uh, Iron Man 3, I suppose. But apparently, Iron that's Man 3 wasn't a decision. Like, they put that in there or something. But would you would you know. not see that? I mean, even though it's literally one, say, I don't even one, see it. One two seconds. I don't even shot. see it. I don't it's it. it's outside the bar at the very end. There's oh, a Christmas fuck. tree. I don't know. I don't even see it. Yeah, well, it's not. Uh, well, no, actually, I'll go back. And it's not right, Pan. It's just a nice sweet. Like so we used to right, right, right. Okay. But um, but all the things I say. See, see, in hindsight, when I look at it, I'm like, but see, at the time when I was watching it, I was really enjoying it, and I thought I yeah. found it really funny, and I found it. I think the, the thing with see if this if this is has control and this is his nation out there and he just keeps making these types of films it's like an actor who don't get me wrong he's very good at it that's just kind of thing if you want that type of film you'll always go to him because you'll always get a very good version of that type of film but it's just annoying that you 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 know you're you're not going to him to go i'm really curious what he does next he's not that type of director if this is the kind of film he's going to continue to make he's not that type of director 
But D. Hank, it might have been the kind of thing that he he's had this script for years, and he always wanted to make it, and it's like an overhang of, and he might have put a lot well, of, of that in the kiss kiss bang exactly. bang. Exactly, I'd be very, I'd be very, very curious point. to see what happens. Uh, I mean, they honestly directed fucking Iron Man three, which is completely fucking different. Yeah, but at the same time, that's it is it is not. It was an Iron Man. If it was a nineties action film, it's an nineties yeah. action film. Like it really is. I like though that it, it, Iron Man three has the fucking lethal weapon structure. Like yeah. it really does. I like though that Marvel have give the freedom to Torture writers and the, the whole. It's structured the same way. I love that Marvel have give the freedom to writers and directors, not only Shane Black, but even like you know, like the Winter Soldier of doing basically a superhero Marvel film, but allowing the actual director to craft on this because I mean, like the Winter Soldier is essentially like a seventies paranoia thriller wrapped up in. A Marvel film, yeah, and like Guardians and is then, like a space opera. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean. So I like a that. space opera. Okay. <laughs> no, like I mean, a space opera is two thousand one. Guardians of the Galaxy. Come on. Ah, it's like a, a space <laughs> western. It's like Star. It's like Star uh, Wars meets Marvel. Yeah. You know what Cowboys I mean? Cowboys yeah. in space. Um, <laughs> yeah, like Ant-Man was like a heist film. Yeah, that's a heist film exactly. That sounded really harsh when I said that. Do you make your But like a space opera, Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say? Like, I don't, no, I don't know. But like a space opera is, is like, you know, I don't know, classic, classical music and spaceships moving, you know, Solaris, the Soderbergh Solaris, I would say it's like a space opera or the, of uh, sorts. Or the original Solaris, which is or much better. Or the original bloody Solaris. <laughs> no, but it's just like... It's about the rhythm. What the fuck is a space opera? That's your bad topic. <laughs> I've always seen space like, music I mean, in space. Music in space. Yeah, like I, Guardians. Guys. I've always seen it as one of those kind of made-up throwaway fucking. It really uh, is. Fulmic terms. Uh, or what? What always say? Uh, the people I, say they sound self-important. Or, or, or they this, don't know what the fuck they're talking about. This make hands me. Over this make a fucking space rock concert. <laughs> what about a space hip opera? <laughs> oh. Ooh. What about a space hip hop apocalypse? Okay. <laughs> you know yeah. I see. Right. The first one is a space hip hop opera where you, you launch R. Kelly into space. Aye. And then the second it's a, it's one a is. Rave a hip, on the moon. It's a space yeah. apocalypse where R. Kelly comes back to Earth. The rain down vengeance mm. on everyone that's yeah. shot him at the space and, and which uh, is also and, the story for Punisher uh, R-, <laughs> R. Kelly is the Statue of Liberty and his head's lying on the ocean <laughs> uh, uh, just talking about this I was really Paul Smith sitting there a rifle going Jesus smokes your guess is as good as mine <laughs> and the I midget would, comes over and kicks me I was really <laughs> scruff obviously our, our dear composer who's been on the podcast a couple of times I went to visit him in Dublin there last year and I was really really blocked him one of his locals one night and he introduced me to these two friends of his who had been trying and I mean like not even as a joke genuinely trying for years to get a hip hop opera version of Apocalypse Now on the stage <laughs> and all joking aside they, was that any good? <laughs> no, 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 they just give me tidbits of the songs. I can't even remember them. I was that fucking drunk? But they were convinced that because Susco's career had flatlined, <laughs> that they could possibly get Susco involved. This, this is for this real. Like, LA, this is for real. Like for real. I swear to you, if Ryan, Ryan will confirm this. He Cisco's knows well. still going strong, man. Is he fuck? Hey, he's still he's still gigging around. When's the last time you done a fucking song? I, he, he was he was at an event in uh, San Francisco a couple weeks ago oh, yeah, called, called Kind of Funny Live 
Jesus, man, can you even follow this? Your career quite closely? <laughs> no, it's because they're they're YouTubers, and I watch a lot of their stuff. Sasuke watch one Michael they, they, they put on a live event, and Sasuke was there, and he sang a Pokemon song. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Sasuke, it's all went down. Yeah, let's, let's get off that. Uh, <laughs> let's get on that and talk about Sasuke. Anyway, continue on with nice guys. Um. Uh, would would you agree with me about the ending that it gets a bit too like actiony and a bit too crashy and stuff and you're kind of like all right. But I think I mean yeah, I know it's it's grand, but I mean it's one of these things where I mean you always have to think right. There there's nothing new under the sun. It's just how you do it and mm-hmm. how you do it and and I, th- I think these things are going to come down naturally and you just have one or. Two or three choices, unless you're really trying to say something special, and he's he's not. He's, he's he, I mean, he's trying to say something about his character. He likes character exploration, as opposed to making a big massive point at times. I mean, occasionally he does and this kind of stuff, but um, I know what you mean with the end and being that way and big, you know, and then because that's that's that is the formula. With the problem is that he's he's not especially critiquing the formula he's 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 he just he uh, that that film is the formula but it, is it his formula and lots of ways i pretty much uh, invented it like yeah yeah well you're exactly right well but he, he pretty much doesn't them the body cop general like, you know what i mean well, what i kind of think about it right is that he's kind of went i've inv- that formula with sonic muppy and uh now I'm just going to make a very confident version of that formula. And it's a very confident film. It's a very... In lots of ways, there's character developments there that are quite sophisticated. And it's yeah, well I put really together. I really Gosling on it. I really like this character. Gosling was good. I thought Russell Crowe was better. See, I, I, there was like a bit of like subtext to Gosling that I got more rather than Crowe. Mm. I don't know, because like, cause Gosling was more of the kind of comedy in it. Like, he was kind of... I know he was, but I, I, I think... But a scene's I think he pushed it a wee bit too much at times, and I thought it was a wee bit too much at times. Yeah. Like, like that the, scene at, the, at the, the tree, the stump, I just thought it was a wee bit too much. I didn't laugh as much as... The tree stump? When he finds the boy? Everybody was going mad fat in the cinema, and usually when most people like stuff... I think it's shit. Uh, I think if they <laughs> like if, football, for example. I think if they if they if they did it once, it would have been fine. But he he does he it, it twice. Like three or four uh, times, and I was just like, oh, come on, you know, come on, give over. And I, <laughs> give over. And, uh, Go fucking pack it up. Fucking knock it out. Are we being too cryptic about this, Shan? Are you, are you picking up what we're doing? I do know. What, I would actually prefer <laughs> nothing. Uh, right. You know what I mean? I know. I, thought, I, I really want to see. I know it. that's why we're dumping around. Do you know what? Very well done version of the film it's just it, it doesn't have <clears throat> it has a few surprises plot wise it doesn't have many surprises as in excitement or you know like fuck that's an interesting way to do that you know the only thing the things that are interesting are all character things yeah they're not they're not like plot I mean they're, they're not tearing the fabric of the Hollywood formula of how to make a film it's just but and saying that, it's a really fucking solid film. Um, that's what I'm saying about in the moment when you watch it, it's really enjoyable, and the crack with him too is brilliant. It's yeah. really good banter, very well made, and the chemistry between them is great. Yeah. It's a very good watch. It's, it's it's not like a standard. It's well shot. It's beautifully shot. And it's well formed, and it's just oh, a super tight script. You can tell it's been worked on for a long time. Um, 
I would say I would recommend it. It's great to go. I'd say go watch on a Friday night. You know, but a crack and watch it and come out and go for a beer. Like Phil Nelson. So would uh, would you like it to be turned into a TV show? I couldn't get through fuck with with Gosling and crew. I'd watch it, but that way I'd watch it. Okay. Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> That's what I want to happen. <laughs> no, because they, they were trying to make it on the TV show before it was a film because they had the That's script right. for so That's long. That's right. That's right. But I know they're never going to get mm. Russell, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling to be in a TV show. To be honest, I think on the head HBO, maybe. Just give them all the money. Yeah. I was very surprised because like me, me, ma went away to see my sister. My sister was away at her like, friend's wedding or something. And then me, ma, me she... Got me my take it out, so it was me and my dad. That's why, <clears throat> like, I love it myself. But uh, me and my dad asked for to spend some time this week and stuff, and we were, I was like, fuck, what's on the cinema? And it was the nice guys. I was really surprised to see it's still there. Yeah. I mean, that's the fourth week it's been in our, and we were like, we're, yeah, we're must, a small city, like, decent we're, we might as well be a glorified, uh, you know, I town. Think, I think we are basically, uh, like, do you know what I mean? I was point. really surprised well to see it there after like, four oh. weeks. <laughs> four weeks, like, for the nice guys. Good run. I know it's a good run. Because I remember when Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, it, 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 in the someone it wasn't there at all. Yeah. And then I was away seeing someone else. And then uh, what tended to happen is films you really wanted to see came in, like Eastern Promises and stuff, they came in like two weeks later and they didn't advertise it. And so what, nobody seen it. So I was there watching something else two weeks later. And then fucking kiss. I just happened to see the kiss, kiss, bang, bang was there on the screen. I was like, "Fuck, what's going on?" You know, whatever. They got it late, and then uh, they got it when like Bunkranas really ran out or something. <laughs> <laughs> but seeing that nice guys was there uh, four weeks later, and it had about fifty people on it. Fuck. I was fucking really happy about really that. Really. And 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 there, like, mm. that's fucking sweet. Uh, and uh, based on that. I'd reckon the pilot of Lethal Weapons getting sacked, and I reckon Shane Baxter in Lethal Weapon 5. Um, I'm going to call Heron has been anticipating this for quite some time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call it now Lethal Weapon 5 is going to happen. Oh! Mel, Mel's on the way up with his can film, and he's directed a film uh, as well. Danger Dad. Or and he's also announced that, he's announced <laughs> that the Passion's going to get a sequel. What? He's announced that the Passion's going to get a sequel. Right. So oh, yeah, yeah. Bloodfather's out this year. He's got a. He's he's directed another film that's going to be out in the spring, I think. And the work. Passion's getting a sequel. What about the nice Passion guys, sequel? Nice guys. Nice guys is just whatever. The resurrection. Just, oh yeah. The resurrection. resurrection. That's right. I forgot the resurrection doesn't happen. And read a fucking book face. for once. <laughs> the Bible. Read a good book for once. God damn it. Anyway, uh, no, I'm with you. But uh, I, there's a lot of things that, that I think would lead towards all five happening. Like. Do you, think, do, you think, do you think Shane Black would direct it? Nah. Because um, th- this is this is him and Joel Silver getting back together as well, the nice guys. Well, no, he's I guess he's been back with him. I know, but like they haven't worked with each other in between them. Do you know right? Fucking get Richard Donner off. He's still kicking about. No, no, I don't think Donner should do it. Dick Donner. Dick Donner. I don't think Donner Dick should. Donner. I, don't, I don't think. He, I don't think he can do it anymore. In all fairness, I mean, the man is like right, fucking do, seventy. Do you, know, do, you know, do you know you should direct it? Fucking either John McTiernan, right? Go on, fuck up about John McTiernan. You fuck off. you direct a film as good as John McTiernan, I'll fuck up about John McTiernan. Fairness, no, but at least Mickey doesn't fucking phone tap people. <laughs> Nobody trusts that cunt. Mickey used to tap you me last week. <laughs> I tapped uh, you for a tenner, uh, probably. I no, actually, it was all right. <laughs> right, either, either Justin Lin 
Ooh. or John McTiernan. It's a really good show. Justin Lin. I would say he, Justin Lin over John McTiernan. He's, he's the new hot. He can make a serious web. I would. I would definitely say Justin Lin over John McTiernan because it's it just for the very basic fact that he's got his finger more in the policies, more modern. I well, think he's see, just more with it. See how like. Star Trek Beyond works out because but, but, like this is his first venture away from like Fast and Furious stuff. Like. Also, just mention Star Trek. Can we have a very very quick just sort of. Oh, yeah, shit, I it is a bit of a downer, but uh, a fucking huge R.A.P. who I who I Yoshin thought was man. fucking probably the top three young actors working at the minute, and I thought that he yeah. was going to go on to be one of the best actors of his generation. Anton Yelchin, fucking tragic, twenty seven years of age, complete freak accident, death, but uh, phenomenal actor, and it's just sad the yeah see it, just mm. such a talent was it not just it a talent was it but just a, a young life was it no no no. And, uh, oh, I really liked him. I love them as well. He was such a nice dude too, and it, it, I mean, you, you can tell about some of the projects he picked too. Yeah, and even like Charlie Bartlett, not there, and it was Old Thomas. That, he did Old Thomas, didn't but I think I think, I think that's why I loved Anthony Yelchin so much, is in the fact that not only was he a super talented actor, but it was the projects. I mean, he stuck not only close to the indie scene, but then obviously kind of trade that with stuff like Star Trek. But I mean. Some of the yeah, other stuff he's he done. Didn't, he didn't always hold it off for like the main part. He, yeah. he, he would happily be. Well, I think it's a really good mark of an actor. If uh, I can't remember exactly who said it, I think it was Michael Caine actually said it. He says, uh, "There's no shame in taking a small part in a great film." Mm. You know, he said, "Everyone wants to be the big guy," and he just says, "No, it, it's it's it, it's really good to take a small part in a great film." And there was some very just kind of humble. Not only about him, but very just subtle about every performance I've seen. Uh, obviously, a, a favorite of Mickey's, which I've only watched recently, was Rudderless. He's excellent. Oh, that. did you like that? Loved it. Um, like and then another one. It's it's also on Netflix. Uh, like crazy. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what I I would hope for with Anthony Yelchin? Most people just know him from rather uh, Terminator Salvation or the Star Trek series or even Fright Night which obviously I can get as much box office as what people assume I didn't mind that one I, I really like, I actually think that the remake of Fright Night is better than the original the original yeah, is really, seen the, the, original. the original is really fucking cokey and that wee bit fucking scared the fuck I mean they like bacon up I know that is fucked I that is you all in the original I think as well as because it's because, because it's actually obviously practical effects and prosthetics it just looks a wee bit too real yeah. but but uh, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people, or I would say most kind of general or casual viewers, would know from that. But he's just got such a good catalogue of really good under performances. Mm-hmm. Charlie Bartlett, super like crazy, which is on Netflix, is fucking brilliant. Also, Rudderless on Netflix, brilliant. And then it's sad because when you watch these performances, you think Jesus Christ, he could have went on to do such great work but then you know when it boils down you know films and everything it's just kind of sad that a young life has been lost very fucking just in a very like fucking ridiculously freak accent mm. it's mm. unfortunate but crack an actor and at least that we have those performances you know what I mean mm. but yeah. anyway continue on it's but a bit of a downer but like that I don't bring it down but it need to be I know I did want to bring it up we're thinking about Hamlet's family and that's definitely 100% but did you have anything more to say about the next case no Shan this week I watched Hardcore 1979 wrote and directed by Paul Schrader who obviously also wrote Taxi Driver very very uh, simple plot premise uh, basically George E. Scott obviously who's probably best known for Patton a, a plot premise premise what's that it's a how Shan says premise premise I premise 
Alright, that's definitely not a word. I love someone else is getting it because I always get called out on shit. No, no, I, no, but I, don't, no I, don't I thought I heard a new I, word. I always but, get fucking called out. No, shit. no, you always get called out. Some on people do say "permiso" doing it. Uh, no, you're the only person I've ever. Heard. Uh, no, but like Harry, no, I, 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 like, I thought I, heard, I, I, thought I heard a new word, and he was all like, oh, "What do you think that means?" No, I thought I heard a new word there, and I just I was curious what the new word was, but no, it's just a a word that I already know, but it's just said wrongly. You're you're. I'm trying to phrase this correctly because I was going to call you an English cunt, but that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but like, well, you can't remember. You're, 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 but you're like a stickler, 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 stickler for like language and shit. He's a stickler. You're the fucking worst. No, I I take a hand out of you for pronouncing shit wrong because you, it's the weirdest pronunciations you come out with. Mike, it's tough being the most intelligent. That's it. Like you know what I mean. Right, well, There's that's only why, so that's much why you can hold your breath. Shannon is in the fucking tree, man. Shoot, but hey, like you're 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 one for calling out on things. What about like, like language wise. Yeah. I just don't like people that have a poor command of the fucking English language. <laughs> why does it matter if you know what they mean? I used to. Uh, it's arrogance, my guess, for us. <laughs> it's just ignorance on no, my no, part because I'm. Uh, now we're here. Do you know what it is, right? I, I wonder where. If, if, if it's someone that's slang or dialogue from where you come from, I don't give a fuck. Things like premise <laughs> and things that get there. People do say premise, certainly. Hey, no, but where Always. You, I, no, I no, obviously no, didn't no, just make us up in my head. Right. Like, no, no, but <laughs> see, see words. Maybe I did. Like see, nobody see says Don Cheadle. <laughs> I mean, that's a name. Names you can forgive, but the actual mm. words like the see, see words that have come from uh, that I think come from a a, a, a a potentially influenced place. Then I'm about to all of them, and that's why I call them out. That's that's my motives. Mike, if you want to know my motives, that's what they that's, are. I, I, that's that's a good motive. To that's a good motive. If, if, if I go, like, if someone tries to slip an Americanism and under the table as though they I call if somebody says, "Well, do you know what, Mike? You know it, 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 the guy came up to me and I didn't have any beef with him." Is all. Why are you saying you didn't have any beef? That's that's when I start to take issue with things, as yeah. in. I, I start to question the integrity of, of where they got the word from. See, if it was a slang, I wouldn't give a fuck. See, if I think they read it in a magazine, I'll take issue with What if they seen it on The Simpsons? If they seen it on The Simpsons, they'll take even fucking more issue with okay, if they seen it. That's why I got they, where's if, the beef from. If, 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 if they fucking seen it in Friends, I will fucking kill their family. Ye always quote Friends. No, don't. <laughs> if I do, it's ironic. Yeah. Oh, irony i hate my friends i i realized that sorry we're going off on like a no, language okay. thing but uh when <laughs> i was when i was in berlin <laughs> we're going off on some dialogue here uh-huh. <laughs> when i was when i was in berlin uh i was i was say hanging about with people that i don't normally hang about with and i realized probably 80 percent of the things that i say is quotes from films or tv see sometimes mickey i actually do worry about you when you're in, in our groups because i don't know how people are going to react <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because honestly, like, I would just come out with a line or something, and they'd be all, what? I was like, oh, it's mm. just from a faggot. <laughs> I remember. I, I was I, like, whereas yeah. in our group, we'd be all, hi, hi. I know, you would, you would get yeah. the joke and kind of roll with, but people are I just all, well. See if I ever do it. Uh, I remember I did it once, and I did it for the laugh, but I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything to make it, like, part of the laugh. So I was all right. Tonight's off, but you're right. Half six on Monday, because it was a short film, I'm reckon. So we're half six, right? So what we say, fucking wheels up at half six. And I didn't I didn't do anything to let <laughs> people know it was a joke. 
So they thought he actually he that's why that's why he talks. <laughs> he he actually talks like a complete fucking wanker. <laughs> so I was sitting there going I just had to leave it. What could you do? <laughs> so oh no, I was joking. They're all I know, of course you were joking. <laughs> so occasionally no, I, I, you have to you have to work it under your uh uh you know your your general rhetoric, like you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Just for me, even just saying that there, you have to work it on his own. I personally think if you're saying something really daft or you're referring to something, you I think you have to you let need, people know that you you're referring to it. You give it something that it's definitely aye, aye, aye. from that's something. definitely a joke yeah. rather than you just going, all right, so... Uh, give it some sort of affectation. Right, so, cop, so, so coffee at, at uh, you know... Coffee at, we get a wee coffee at fucking two o'clock or something, so we're like wheels up at your place at fucking half one. Plus, uh, Bill, uh, what? Bill, right, Max, so two o'clock for coffee, <laughs> but it wheels up at half one. You know, you kind of have to because people think either they think you're an asshole or no, they just think you're an asshole. <laughs> if you don't do that there, because in my head it's a joke when I say it in my head it's a joke Yeah. and if you don't sort of do something people just think you're a fucking tube I know I did that one time I said howdy doody to somebody and in my head it was a joke but I was I just said it like I said it directly mm. like completely normal then I walked away and I was like they think I say howdy doody to everybody <laughs> <laughs> went there I've just googled how do you pronounce premise and I've actually found the website is so it, is it premise huh? apparently the English pronunciation, which will be a premise. Maybe I'm watching too much American TV. Thank you. The English. Premise. Oh. Premise. So that's the English. The US. Premise. Oh. <laughs> oh no. How do you pronounce premise in American English? He's official English, but. Oh, premise. No <laughs> premise. So I basically just. Made up a word, really? Yeah, just like, I'm just, I'm just mispronounce, uh, mispronounce but, this shit. Right, see, Shane, see if you get to a point, you know, when you're like directing films and out there, I would say just keep pronouncing it as what the fuck is it? Premise. That's mental. <laughs> I, I would say keep pronouncing it as premise because you'll be remembered as that by premise. Oh, is that that boy I pronounce as a premise? Oh, I fuck, he actually makes a couple of good films, you know, does he? <laughs> and that's how the world will spread. The everybody everybody will come and watch your fucking The premise, guys. It's <laughs> not that boy, that's a boy I pronounce as a... I know, I, I know, he actually makes a fucking decent films. Or no, or no like, people that's that sad. have worked for you, like, you're the director or ever, be like, I... He, he says premise and it's like hey what the fuck's up there maybe aye, I can you, start a thing aye, yeah, you'll, you'll see this is the premise of film people <laughs> aye, there's some DAT but there and all and then he's sitting there just working on his logging footage not there and all and there's a sign man he's, he's, he's like they've never met each other in their entire lives and uh, you know one's from Texas one's from fucking Krakow Poland like and then they're working on Poland like <laughs> and they're working on like Born 6 or something like that there and all and the boy's all I was fucking work on this point, and he was all, uh, he was all the fucking premise of this fucking scene. I was like, fucking whatever. And I was like, what the fuck? And all in the Polish boys all, was this the fucking uh, the Irish guy with the one with a whole bond? <laughs> you know, you'll be connecting phone crews <laughs> all around people, the world. I'm uniting people. That's, that's, that's all I mean. That's all I mean. All you have to do is mispronounce a a, a, a word, but but if, anyway, if, and if people you, will remember you forever. But if you say it to anyone that isn't Irish, 
they'll hear you say that and they'll be like, oh, it's probably just an Irish thing. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I, would, I would say keep it out of dairy. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, keep it but, out of dairy. Anyway, the premise, aka premise of uh, hardcore. Sound like a fancy man. 1979, Paul Schrader. Uh, just very, very, very basic narrative. Uh, essentially, what it is is Paul Schrader leans a lot usually from his own kind. Of, he had a really kind of troubled upbringing. He was brought up in a Dutch Calvinist family, like ridiculously, rid- stringently yeah. religious. Calvinist. Like, what's, Calvinist. What's, I was about to ask the same. What's Calvinist? Calvinism, from my understanding, I don't know much about it, but it basically is it's a sect of Protestantism, which is just really, really strict. And they actually, they go on, they explain it in the film, where it's pretty much like about a lack of luxury and about, do you know that that whole thing in religion, like in any sort of Christianity, as soon as you're born, you're born with original son, and you can't be godlike ever because you're always Mm going to have that original son staying in you. Well, Calvinists apparently take that to the fucking next level, so their whole life is basically penance. For being born, which is so fucked up. Like, he was uh, the Schrader was in the Lady Watch, like in any like R rated films, fifteens. From what I remember, they, they, they go on no the old titties. No, no titties no for Paul. Old enough. Shit. Yeah, just saying that. Actually, just saying that. Uh, in Easy Easy Rider Raging Bulls, which actually kind of delves on the fucking Schrader's uh, upbringing and stuff again. He actually is interviewed about the first time that he's seen like female breasts and like it. Like I think he was, tats. Tats. He was like fucking 15, 16 or some shit like that there and he says that he, he was fucking astounded. You know, he usually for fucking 10 or 11, you know what the crack is? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 10 at this stage, I know the crack, yeah. I, I knew what I thought when I saw Pasta Kansas and he was to me. Like I was just all, yes, yes please. But, uh, Mine was Under Siege. What'd you call was it, it I? The stripper from Under Siege? Uh, when she burst out of the cake. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. I, mean, mine, I think mine I might have been I, Demi Moore and Strip I've been peaks. disappointed oh. by birthday cakes ever since. How long? I was all, Jesus, that says it. There's no air. There's a fucking stripper coming out. Well, is that a shield on the table? Especially at your fucking 10th birthday. Like. <laughs> See my 11th birthday, I was fucking rapping. Hey, hey, couldn't have spoke to me for days. Like. My dad knew I'd seen Under Siege. He had fucking ball back. He knew I'd seen Under Siege. Hey, you still buried your fist in the Ah, it's still stuck me. Oh, Mick, you're a bad man. But, uh... I said... Damn titties, though. <laughs> From the way I see it, George E. Scott, who, you know, one of the best actors of, like, a previous generation, won an right. Oscar for Patton. He, uh... He, for me, he essentially plays Schrader. And I think that that's a whole thing with Schrader scripts, is that it basically has him on screen in, like, a different incarnation. Like, Travis Bickle has so many Schrader traits, and, you know, like, the sort of... Basically just... He, he admits himself that because of the drugs, and then kind of after having this Calvinist background, then... Diving into the sort of seediness of LA and getting all this money and fucking cocaine thrown him, he didn't know what the fuck to do. He was just kind of going about fucking simple, really. But uh, I think this is more akin to his early years. Uh, it, it opens up basically in uh, Grand Rapids, where Schrader was born and raised. <laughs> well, the playground was in those days. Chilling out nights and relaxing all the not seeing no titties outside of school. A couple of guys, I'll make a travel in my Okay, I won't let a fan my mom got scared. Take your with your hands and I'll call in my neighbor. Good. Down, 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 down. I went up to the fuck is that? 
Are we, we, we don't do it again, but oh no, but oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what up to Kevin? Oh, no, no, it's not no. I can't pull it up at seven or eight. I said, yo, no, no, what the fuck? No, we're so, yeah, yeah, yo ho, the ballet. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin, I'm some so, shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> yo ho, the ballet. Calvin, I'm some shit. Wow, wow, wow. Someone about the taxi man smelling as well. That's fucking buckle driving on that No, no, but that's when I get out of fucking Bel Air. No, but, no because... <laughs> that's why I have in Bel Air. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? The fresh pants like Grand Rapids. But anyway, no, because we're really, really getting sidetracked. So just very quickly going on the hardcore, because I actually do want to explain it, because it is, it is quite a good film. Uh, obviously <laughs> Paul Schrader had this Calvinist upbringing he shows like a, a sort of Calvinist upbringing uh, through George T. Scott he's basically shown as like an unemotive man who's never been able to really connect winning he's just like a sort of classic blue collar American businessman who's came good he's, he's got a, a lot of money his wife that you find out later in the film you assume that she's dead but she's actually just left him because he's got a very cold exterior and he doesn't know how to love but the actual main plot of the film is that about 15 minutes in, he sends his daughter off to, it's like a Calvinist camp or whatever, like a, a religious camp basically, and she disappears. And then he finds out that she has, you think, been kidnapped and smuggled over to the seediness of LA and is now a pornographic actress. And it's the whole film is him trying to find her. What's this called? Hardcore. It's so, it's him trying to find her uh, in LA and it, Starts to unravel that everything's not as it seems. You think she's been kidnapped. That might not be the case. And what's brilliant is that and it's all down to kind of George E. Scott's performance. At the start, he is the most stoic, buttoned up fucking man you ever see. Just ultra religious, can't show any emotion, no warmth whatsoever. And as the film goes on, he doesn't st- start to show any warmth. But it's the first time that a man like this, who's been brought up in this Calvinist background, is just being uh, shown this other side of the coin like the fucking seediness of not only the adult film industry and fucking you know pornography and prostitution and all this crack but it's just really nice in the wee kind of subtleties and nuances of George E. Scott's performance just to see how he's starting to crack and not only is he starting to crack because he's meeting all these people but he's starting to question his own like ridiculously stringent upbringing and the way he's starting to mellow out and it fits really well with the ending when he finally I won't say what happens at the end, but <clears throat> what happens at the end, very nicely sort of, what would you say? It comes full circle. It just comes full circle and how he's went on this journey of going from being a really close-minded, small city or small-town person to seeing what the world is and what the world was becoming, especially in the 70s when these sort of subcultures like, you know, pornography and stuff started to enter the mainstream. You know, they weren't just the sort of thing that was whispered anywhere it wasn't the sort of thing that you know people knew about but didn't talk about especially in religious communities it was someone that was now sort of coming on the america's like mainstream and, and under the, the, the sort of comedy and it's really really well observed and i think it's a film that wouldn't have had the same sort of impact if it wasn't released at the time it was released it's obviously 1979 and it's perfectly timed with just basically the explosion of the porn industry and look at the fucking porn industry now it's even more interesting because porn now, the everybody on earth is so easily accessible. I mean, like, Jesus Christ, I would say the internet's probably 80% porn. Sex is everywhere. They say sex sells. Back then, that wasn't really the case. You know, like I was saying before, porn was someone that was 
secretive and seen as a seedy and if you done it you were a bad or an immoral person and nobody mm. really sees it that way anymore because we've developed a, as a people but it's just really interesting to see not only in america which mm. is still kind of so strangely religious it's mm, no. no but strangely religious in, 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 in certain sects it's it, it's uh. very interesting to see a 70s man whose life's been dominated by religion <clears throat> be uh thrown under that basically he can, uh, I always thought of, of Schrader is, is that there's a there's a tremendous curiosity about his scripts oh. which which gets him which actually gets him to the the, the points of, of what he does to his script it's not, not nothing's layered over not, nothing's broad strokes everything's quite this is this is you know what I mean it's it's very there it's very present I think if he didn't have that upbringing it, it wouldn't be like Biting. that like the way like she was guns, the way she was violence, it's just like no, this is this is you know, and that's 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 the way she writes. I think like, that's yeah. exactly what makes it more interesting because mm. I would say that say if any other director who was maybe brought up in a more liberal family or maybe not so much a yeah, religious background had root and made hardcore, I don't think it would be as shocking or wouldn't be as well observed. But because and Trader says so many times he despised his childhood because he was basically not just him but the whole community he was living was just made to feel like they mm. had done something wrong by being born mm. by the time that he was then able to break out of that wee small like ultra religious community and go to LA he said that it was almost like maybe not seeing paradise but seeing like a world that he never even yeah. contemplated could yeah. exist so because he has had that experience that maybe he seems like such a nice guy to be honest. Yeah, well he's a pretty fucked up guy too though. He's, <laughs> he's, ma he's mad but he's like, like, when you actually the, the, is that the music he seems very kind of uh, no he's an older man you know he's an older man he's chilled you know, out when there. he's about 50 or something he just chatting he just like you know he's seen one side intensely and then he's seen another side oh. intensely and then now he's like 50 he's kind of melt he sort of he's like he just goes ah this is fucking crazy but he doesn't mind talking about about heroin or fucking guns or cocks or tits or whatever you just chats and it's just like but I like I th but I, I think that's that's a man on a level I, I think as well that the reason that not only is he so free and actually discussing it but the reason that it's presented so freely in, in all his works it all stems back to Calvinus upbringing mm. and I in, in many ways it, it might have fucked him up and given him some maybe mm. demons but then at the same time I think that it informed his work and gave it like a, a sort of uniqueness and, and a sort of a, a sort of insight that, that maybe no other director mm. or writer would have because mm. you know they haven't experienced that sort of thing mm. there's actually just to kind of wrap it up too there, there's a really nice sort of interaction in the film between George E. Scott's character who essentially is like I've said already Paul Schrader and a prostitute who he meets who kind of helps him uh, on his basically his quest to try and find his daughter and find out where she is and they're uh, talking about just their lives and stuff like that and George E. Scott's character explains I think it's like the the four cores of Calvinism or something like that and it seems really out there I mean like some it seems like almost Scientology level stuff you know that it's that just kind of crazy and how self-loathing these people are and she says oh you know that sounds crazy and then he says oh well that's just because you're on the outside looking under it and then he asks her about her background and she just basically says that, you know, she's always felt free and she doesn't really see sex as a thing. So she doesn't really mind having up with people for money. And then he's all, well, that's disgusting. And then she says, well, that's just because you're on the outside looking at it. You know what I mean? And it's mm. this nice mm. sort of parallel between the two of them. Mm. But it's 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 very, very, very good. It's yeah. it's it's a really tight <clears throat> script. He nails the sort of seediness of 
lit seventies LA and the the sort of explosion of of pornography and sort of just brothels in general. And George C. Scott, as usual, is fucking amazing. I mean, mm. he doesn't actually say much in the film because he has that stoic character I was talking about. But you know, as all the best actors do, just through those wee slight bits of body language and nuances, you can see how he's starting to be awakened, like uses, or, or he's starting to kind of see this new world that he never thought existed. Mm. Really fucking good. Really good film. Okay, we shall move into. Topics. The actual bar topic comes up. I think just like every so often in the topics chant. I love topics too. Oh, but they're bullshit. They're fucking they're really awful. nice. I actually was very tempted by a four pack and a pound share earlier. You don't. You don't get much. Yeah. You know. You reckon? <laughs> <laughs> pound shops starting selling yeah. stuff for like eight. Pounds. I fucking seen that. There. There's the deer zone, as I call <laughs> the non-pound shop. I seen a massive. I seen a big massive bottle of fucking red sauce in there. Is like they having that for a pound. It was fucking three pounds. Uh, and all fairness, <laughs> that's, a, that's a fucking that's a recession bit early. Like, I you know. Would you concur? Fucking... Would you concur with me? Because you don't get much bite for your buckle with a topic like. I don't like topics. You, you get four snicker or three topic. I will. I, I will. Same I will, goddamn price. Actually, actually, I've always thought because I only had topic like when I was a kid and I didn't like it, and I always thought it maybe should be a bar that I should revisit and maybe have a different opinion as an older person. I'm gonna say it right yeah. now. It's got <laughs> kind of like Batman turn sort of. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's got nicer caramel than any other chocolate bar in the UK. Is Thank there caramel on it? There's caramel on the topic, guy. Yeah, we, we, what ooh, the fuck, the, the <laughs> Subtlest wee fucking... Ooh, they just squeeze it on. And just how, how it mixes in with that soft nougat, and then you get the crunch of the fucking hazelnuts on there. Oh, yeah. And then... <laughs> yeah. And then, the, and then the pickle kicks in. <laughs> yeah. I definitely haven't eaten topics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was wondering, like, your man's topics is on it. I'll make you a fucking topic. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't have to go to the shop. Yeah, <laughs> I'll make you a topic. Shop, make you a fucking topic. <laughs> it's like the worst one, my mate. Dirty crunchy pickle. Uh, not <laughs> what the fuck is this here? <laughs> <laughs> fucking pickles in a brawler pad. Just at the back end, there's a cook sausage roll. What the fuck is this here, it? man? So that's yeah, a fucking right? topic. You fucking rat. No, but it's it's like that Eddie Murphy one when he says yeah, it's his, a burger. Exactly. He wants to go to McDonald's like. You don't go to McDonald's. I'll, McDonald's. I'll make your burger. I'll make your mama burger. <laughs> 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 cracks a fried egg on it and all. He's all. 
You, you're not making a burger. You're making egg McMuffin. All the bread turns on there. Red mush. Uh, it's, it's Wonder <laughs> bread. We all have Wonder one bread. M. <laughs> I just a normal bread turns on there. Big red mush. Uh, <laughs> the red sauce and the fucking grease and all. And you're all this is fucking bouncing. It's like why is it's like bread a even a part of this like anymore? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, topics. Sean Coyle. Aye, it was uh, someone that Heron. Uh, brought up earlier on that just ignited a flame in my brain mm. but uh, he was basically saying that he saw the nice guys and liked it and then after kind of thinking about it maybe didn't like it as much and basically the topic is have you ever went and watched a film and loved it or really really liked it and then were thinking about it a little bit or watching it again it has been underwhelming or you haven't liked it anywhere near as much yes <laughs> my, 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 I think the biggest one I've ever had that way uh, was probably Avatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, because, like, I, do you know what I tell you? It was even watching the Abyss the other night. No, I was like, fuck me, James Cameron. He's like, he really, there, there's something about the way he once made films <laughs> that, that, that's fucking really good. And I even, even Titanic, people say it's a romantic film. It's a big, it's a big, massive fucking historical star. spectacle. It's fucking great. Do you not think that the Abyss is most human film? Do you not think no, it's his warmest film? I think it's great. I think it's cool. I mean, even compared, because I mean, Titanic is just sort of overly sentimentalized okay, it's bollocks, but at the same time, it's big it's, bollocks. <laughs> it's big and it's bollocks. It is as big and it's bollocks. You know, everything's bollocks I'm about sweating. it. You know, I would have much preferred that film if, the romantic story was a secondary story and there was something far because you know, in that period of time just before the crash and stuff like this here there was there was a lot bigger things that they could have talked about with a character you know and that that could have been far more important and far more affecting and far more interesting they talk about but they just didn't they, they, wanted to they did do a lot with it but I thought that the more exactly with you but I think the more interesting subplot of uh, Titanic would have been that sort of class discussion which Billy Zane's character is a lot would more have been better if he was a if he was a lead if he was he was like a lead and if he saw where he came from and where mm. he was going and yeah. you know just talking about how you know the crash and all this kind of stuff in the Titanic and then maybe even give a wee bit at the end about how he I mean, they talk about it a wee bit in the voiceover. Yeah, I mean, in the voiceover, Dan, they do say that he, he killed himself. Like, I mean, he does as a, at the very end, they say that, like, Billy Zane's does character. I, I, I think, no, they, they, she actually says, you know, in the crash at 28, I think he would put a pistol in his mouth when he jumped out of wonder or something like that. Well, put it this way, he did himself fucking and he punched his own ticket out. <laughs> but uh, that's what I think. But, uh, but imagine uh, they showed some of the aftermath, like him feeling the guilt of pretending to be a woman and stuff to get off and all air kind of crack. I think though it wouldn't have worked <laughs> I, I think though it wouldn't have worked because pretend to be a woman or uh, uh, I, no, <laughs> I thought you were taking a fucking hand <laughs> pretending to be a woman to get off sexually he thought. <laughs> I thought he was like walking around but like him and Ed Woodburn walkers or something <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no. Oh, went, to get he, on the boat motherfucker he went on that 50s baby he didn't baby pretend Brussels. to be a woman to get on the boat He's, he, no, no, he said I have a child. Uh, I have a child, I have a child! Maybe, I have a child, um, oh, did, he not, did he not put some sort of blanket over him no, as well? No, 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 he did not pretend to be a woman. I <laughs> made that up. <laughs> no, he, he didn't do like a fucking, what do you call her, the fucking... I have a child! What do you call her, the fucking... I Jesus, can't believe I'm, I just completely so made that up. i away from me, my, my Catholic roach. The, what do you call the fucking... John the Baptist? No, the, <laughs> the one that's from the medals. Joan of Arc? Oh no, Mary? Catholic Mary. No, not Mary. <laughs> Joan of Arc is on the Catholic medals. That? That's like, no, Some Bridget. I'm so far away from what, it. What? What? What are you doing? But it's like he, like he puts on around his head, not there, and sort of walked on the. More Teresa. 
No, I'm like ah, Mary. Fuck, it's it's fucking. Out. She always has a thing Mary. over. Is it Mary? Blue. Blue. The blue. Blue Mary. The one with the blue. Don't call her Blue Mary. As he sells the DVDs. He's just sliding off under the fucking safety. She's Marty Blue Ray. No, he didn't. No, anyway. He doesn't pretend to be a woman to do the thing. I know. I, I can't believe he just made that up. I know, but the, the the actual guilt of just grabbing a child and just digging it oh, up. Oh, he's an absolute bastard, that boy. But I, mean, I think, though, that it, it wouldn't really have worked in Titanic if they should, because, I mean, I think James Cameron set a story out of just showing good and evil. They did not want you to be mixed up in any way. Billy Zemus was a pure I mean, evil. There wasn't supposed to be any sort of fucking. No, I know it was there. good and evil, but I mean, I mean, but obviously, there's lots of ways the they, they kind of did it. You're showing they, they did shades, anyway. like. Hey? With him, with them saying that he killed himself, it obviously shows that he uh, felt remorse. And, and, and no, well, no, no, they, they don't. No, the whole thing is, is that when they say that he killed himself, then that's got nothing to do with Titanic. He killed, he killed himself, himself because of the crash. crash. He killed he himself because he lost oh, it. Right. Yeah. Because at that point, they obviously no idea that, that was going to happen. So, yeah. and then what, what she heard was that during the crash, he lost all his money. So essentially, he lost his identity, mm-hmm. which was money and power, and so he killed himself. And so that, that kind of rounds off right. the kind of person that he is perfectly. Yeah, you know what I mean, he's just a person who exists off a of privilege. Like, exactly. you know what I, mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've seen Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking. It's Recently been out the Netflix, Mickey. You know, it's it's a it's a really good film. It, it, it's not you know a lot of people think it's just this big romantic sort of thing. It, it, it is in ways. I mean, but it, and it's one of these times when like uh, the female character is actually quite fucking interesting. Yeah. A lot more interesting than than DiCaprio's uh, character. Yeah, you know she she because she's telling the story, she's narrating it, and she's just kind of going. I just felt like you know I was get I was getting whisked away to this fucking life that I didn't want and all, and it's it's it's. It's fuck. It's a it's a really good and it's fucking beautifully shot yep. too. Yeah. And as well, I mean, it especially really is. For like when they go from the old to the the wreckage and the new and they mix that and all. Some of those shots are fucking astounding. Especially for like, nineteen ninety seven, and I mean, obviously James Cameron, who's always ahead of the game when it comes to this sort of technology, he really fucking shoot on that. And I he's a deep sea ta- diver. Yeah, but I think Titanic's an easy film to poke fun at but I mm. I think it's a really good film it's great so but what uh, about Avatar then Avatar see this is the thing right I mean I mean it was, I was loving me Michael actually me, me and uh, Shan uh, did film me Michael and stuff out there and Michael made this sort of point he was just like it's alright you know you know Terminator Terminator 2 this here this here and all and then uh no, he says, even Titanic is or whatever you want to say about Titanic's fucking good film. True lies, man, all out there and all whatever. Aliens. He went on about it and aliens and all, and he just went on about the series. He says, he, he's all, even the films that you consider shite of James Cameron, they're still fucking good films. And he made this whole point, and I was like, right, uh, but I'm still sort of scared. It's, it's, it's one of these things, and in this day and age, it's really hard to go to a film with a, a kind of a big director with a fucking track record and go to it and go happy fucking days I'm, I'm going to see a big a big massive auteurs film or whatever go watch this thing I haven't watched uh, Avatar put them fucking stupid cardboard fucking goggles in my face and uh, <laughs> watch the whole thing and to be honest I mean, it could be me because I, to be honest I, I'll be very honest about this I get conned and I, I love the cinema experience I love going yeah. to the cinema and I love whatever and it's very, the, very hard the, to avoid though it is you know and you know the big bad things that just happen on screen and all and the whole experience and the surround sound and this kind of thing and all it's it's it really gets me and I, I've, I've just have I'm a pure fool for it I fucking love it right and I watched this thing it was a great spectacle and it was absolutely 
I have to say, one of the most fucking beautiful films I've ever seen. It was, it's gorgeous, and still is gorgeous looking. It's tremendous looking. But it was just when I started to cook it later on, and all, and <laughs> my friend Christopher, who's been on this podcast, and he just talked about, it, he was, he was at a thing with uh, John Carpenter in Arizona. Jimmy Blazard. And uh, it was him that came out of it, and was straight away going, "That was, that was a big pile of shit." Anyway, and I, was, I was just all. Uh, it was his birthday, I think, as well. It was somebody's birthday, and I, I was just, I was all, ah, I, no, I thought it was alright. He's all, did you? I was all, I know, no, I thought it was sweet. I actually enjoyed it, no, whatever, no. And it was just this argument back and forth, no. And we went up to his house because I think there was some gathering happening in his house, no. And this sort of went down. He went down. I think the first thing he said was, all, Avatar was fucking shit, anyway. <laughs> there was probably five or six people sitting there, and, you know. I just sat and cooked this and all, and whatever, no. And, I just, you know what I mean, you just, you don't say much, you know, you're sitting there cooking it and sucking about it and all, and I was like, yeah. be honest, I enjoyed the experience of it, but the same thing I was talking about the nice guys, I enjoyed it, but now looking at it, you know. It's, As a finished piece of work, I think, I, I mean, one watch, great. I mean, the thing with the nice guys is that I'll go back and I'll find some great bits of dialogue and great moments in there that I love because the characters and the way they played with it mm-hmm. and whatever is going to be great. The, the, the thing that I think Cameron, and he's guilty of this in all of his films, is his character development's fucking terrible. Also a ton of for dialogue. Oh, a ton of for fucking dialogue. Mm-hmm. I remember this was the first time that I was I watched the film and I'd heard a line about fucking 20 times. And it was Michelle Rodriguez... She's Lady and Fast and Furious and stuff. Yeah. She's like lifting off a or she's they're shooting down a fucking tree or whatever. And uh the fucking thing the fucking thing they're after is called unobtainium. <laughs> Fuck yeah. off, you ball bag. But I mean it's obviously such a big massive Iraq reference and all this here the whole way through it. And then Rodriguez is shooting this whole thing down and all and she's kinda going, I didn't sign up for this and I was just like uh, I think that was the moment where I snapped out it a wee bit in the film and I was just like, oh, fuck, I, I, I could do me not hearing that in every fucking film for the yeah. next 10 years, but whatever. And then, but they didn't sign up for it. I know. <laughs> but then it was one of these things where I was sort of going, right. But in retrospect, then I was all, well, I mean, it's a simple enough. I mean, it's, it's, I give it the same thing that I'm saying with the nice guys is that it's a simple story, very simple. It's like, you know, um, these guys want something they go on and try and infiltrate it and then the character that they send in to try and do the thing ends up being better than the whole organization sent him in and he turns good and realizes that oh maybe there's more to this fucking place and that deserves to be saved and you know and that's that's good that's hope and it, it, it's sort of and and the the deep skin of parts of the guy there's goodness there there's goodness that sort of trumps everything else that's going on that's a great that's a great story but then I started to think about that. Then I started to think, you know, well, this is just Dances with Wolves. This is Pocahontas. Mm. You know, and it's like a remake of Pocahontas with seven foot Smurfs. And you're just going, <laughs> right? But for, for the fact of that, though, I mean, it, I, I cannot take away from uh, what he created was, it was absolutely beautiful universe. But, I mean, is, is, that, is that good enough? You know, this is kind of the question of the topic is, is it good enough if you make a story that's been told a million times? Uh, if you make it good enough, uh, 
does it make it a, a valid piece of work? Because it's one thing because people you could sort of go like, oh, well, they adapt Shakespeare all the time. I don't think Avatar is an adaptation. Yeah. I think they've just swapped out objects Aye. for no real good reason I'd... other than that's a really strong story that's been told a stack of times. We're just going to swap out a few objects and throw a lot of fucking CGA at it and just make it look great. Because, and I'll not take it away, the f- it looks, it's a st- still a stunning looking film. I, th- I just think it just does not land. I think that it's a valid piece of work when you're talking about the history of cinema because of what it's done for 3D technology. But as a, as a good or as important, it's, sorry, it's an important piece of work in, in film history, but as a good piece of work, no, because I, the technology is amazing, but then I think that they basically just went and says, oh, the technology is great, but the story mm-hmm. is just the most basic See, story is, is you've seen as so well. far like. Every every time, right, and it, it it's historically documented, right. Any time there's a fucking drop in uh, just in the economy, right. Any time there's a recession or an economy drop, right, it, it directly affects cinema, right. And one of the biggest things, uh, <laughs> when there's a drop in economy, cinema goes up because people mm-hmm. are a bit depressed, they're a bit fucked off, and they go to the cinema. That's mm-hmm. statistic. That's proven. That that's a fact, yeah. right. When cinema drops, actual cinema economy drops, or say if there's a studio that has had, say, five films, six films that they thought were sure things that year that weren't, mm. say, four of them, say four of them tanked and two of them that are right, when they were expecting four of them they won and two of them they lose, it's, it's, it's usually in around 10 years they bring back uh, 3D and they start selling 3D as if it's a fucking new thing. It's always the way. I mean, like, we've actually talked about it on the podcast so, before. Th- it's, 3D it's, technology's been invented since 1920. Yeah. Ah, yeah, 1920. It, it, it I mean, comes about every 30 years or something. We've talked about it. Uh, the, the first no, dawn. every 10. Usually every 10. The first dawn was... 3D was the last one. First dawn was yeah, the 19- that wasn't a but, No, I'll say that the first, the first dawn was the 1950s. They brought it back then in the 80s. It had a resurge with, like, stuff like My Bloody Valentine. And then recently it came back. And it usually is... It usually is, we've talked about this before, when film, cinema, like basically cinema audiences or cinema attendance mm. is under threat. Mm. 1950s it was TV. Mm. 1980s it was video games. Yep. And then in the like late 2000s it was just download. You know what I mean? Or people mm. just pirate and stuff. It's always the case. I mean, mm. they always will it out like this fucking, like a Hail Mary. Like, oh, here, oh we've, we've got this in our pocket. And... It's usually there for a couple of years, but even look, look at it already. I mean, Jesus Christ, two or three years ago, every fucking blockbuster was being released was 3D. 3D. Well, but they, even, they still are, they're just not as popular. Yeah, but the thing, but even that's fuzzling out. They don't even try and promote it. You know, I know, it. it's everyone is in 3D, but most people see it in 3D. Yeah, like, the there's whole, more like, 2D shows than 3D but shows you, now. But you even remember, look at the marketing for any blockbuster even two or three years ago, and the whole big thing was in 3D, in 3D. Even that now, in most trailers, falls by the wayside See, because they, I, they, they know I, that I, it's, it's still in the trailer, but they it, don't it's make It's not a big that there's any promoted to people. It's kids. It's kids because kids are the biggest fucking suckers. Like, and they make their parents go, they hound their parents. And their parents could tell them, no, blah, 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 I'm not taking it, blah, blah. It's fucking kids. Or sometimes parents just don't know this fucking 3D was like, oh, maybe it's new now, whatever. Kids well, you can you, you can 3D. argue it's that a gimmick, ev- it's a ev- ev- every time there's newer technology and it's a bit better. Like, I don't agree. 
For me personally, I've, 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 I'm not but enough for this. For me, but I've never noticed the difference. So I, I just don't really like Friday. I think it's it's the same effect. I mean, it's it's a bit sharper. It's a bit more hits days, but whatever. It's I mean, I'm with you. Shan. I've always like said I've, I've always been like not anti 3D. If you want to go see a film in 3D, obviously it does have its benefits and it gives you a wee bit more depth and layer. But for me, it's never added in. Very rarely, not never, but very rarely, it's added to an experience. I think it's Aye. the biggest gimmick that cinemas ever came it, up wait, with. Wait, where does this end? Right? It's 3D, which was balls anyway. And then was it 40? 40. 40, I think. Where I you went, can I have like a f- scratch and sniff thing. Or they I went, I went, I went to a 40 user. cinema in Poland. And it was like you could smell. It wasn't like all the time. But now and again, the, 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 you could smell the sensations. Yeah. I, I was just like, well, they have, this is fucking distracting. They they have MD box know? things as well where the chair will rumble like during a big action scene yeah, and stuff. I've no. never experienced that. See, I, I think what's well, a crack if you're eating your I fucking popcorn? Personally, I think your popcorn's fucking over that place, Mick. Hey, Mick, what are you going to fucking do about that, then? Okay. <laughs> I like 3D. But. You're wrong, but anyway. Why is it good? Sorry. I like 3D, but everything that you have said is correct, and this is why 3D has never succeeded. Yes. 3D can, I personally believe 3D can add something, and 3D can be used well when people are using it properly. Mm -hmm. The problem is. Oh, gravity. Maybe. The problem is, Heron said it, Chan said it, it, it's a gimmick. And the only reason it's a gimmick is because they use it as a gimmick. If they actually. Took, there's there's proper Aye. 3D companies no, right that on, right specialize on. in shooting in 3D and I like I, I've said this before in the podcast but when I was at university I went to like a 3D conference and I watched Strictly Come Dancing in 3D and it was amazing <laughs> because it was shot properly and it was it it mm. was great it was, vis- it, it, was aye, it was a vis- it was a visual experience and but as mo- opposed to being an afterthought. Mo- aye, most most films that it's an afterthought it's post converted you can get good conversions but like a good conversion will take six months to a year and most of them are banged out in like a couple months or something it, like they don't take their time over conversions yeah. even at that because time and is money <laughs> it's very good <laughs> we didn't we didn't even practice that please work on that no enough it worked that was that was actually he, a good natural flow he's uh left me it's almost been nice thanks for drawing attention why i, I opened it to the fucking audience <laughs> <laughs> He's left me that one. That was a good one. <laughs> I like to make that one. That, that, seemed, that seemed very cleverly devised. Me and you'll get our own one. Because 3D is... Shite. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I do genuinely think 3D can add something when it's used properly. And as I said, there's, there's people out there that can shoot proper 3D. And no. it should be used sparingly. It should be used when it adds something to whatever experience you're trying to create but the problem is it's not used like that they people they use it as a gimmick they right. use it for more expensive ticket prices they Post use it they get people they buy 3d glasses or whatever they use it as an anti-piracy thing because obviously you can't video a 3d film because it's uh, it's blurry and I whatnot fuck, I, I had they watch a fucking post-convertive prometheus prometheus is actually decent 3d I really, yeah no, I, wa- no, I, 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 I watch i, I like the film i actually really like a film but uh, I had to watch this fucking post convert of it, and uh, oh man, it was, it was like, or no, no, this is what fucking happened. I went to a cinema at over me in Lamus, uh, and not at Will, I'm not going to joke about that, but uh, we went to see it, and they, it, what what it looked like to me is, 
that they put on the 3D reel in a 2D screen in. <laughs> yeah. Because, and then, but it was interesting because in certain shots, you would see the two shots next to each other. And in other shots, you wouldn't. In other shots, you wouldn't. Yeah. So that's what made me, that's what uh, convinced me. I was all, this is a post-convert. Because it's not, if the whole way through it, it wasn't, then um. you'd only, you'd see it the whole way through. But that was, a, and I complained about it later. But I was drinking whiskey in the cinema, so they just thought I was a drunken agent. Uh, oh, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. Like you can be right and a drunken agent. You can be right and a drunken agent. I, I'm, I'm convinced that I'm both. But uh, yes. uh, not with bollocks. All enough, just just very quickly as well. Just they show the other side of the coin by complete change. You brought Prometheus. And in regards to this topic, that is one that's the other way about for me. I went to see Prometheus in the cinema. I actually think I went with you. And no, 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 you AKA didn't. Prom Queen. AKA Prom Queen, I, but that's I, what we were calling for about two weeks when I was coming out. Right. Went to see it, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it's at the time it was the most anticipated film. I don't know why, but I just really got on the whole idea the, the whole idea of it and I just really got on the you know like how they actually promoted the film like they were remember they done the wee fake ads with Michael Fassbender's character uh, they done the, the fake and they were fucking I was like this is gonna uh, be guy, fucking amazing Guy Pearce did a TED talk and all. Guy <laughs> Pearce did a TED talk and I was like you know what which how- is the only reason why he's in the film because they aged him up in that film and I have to believe the only reason they aged him up is so he could do that TED talk yeah. now. But then I, <laughs> There's I was, no I, other reason. Basically, for... when I was looking for Prometheus and stuff again, I, it's really I, smart. I, like a lot of stuff I don't know. I, I thought to myself, this is the only time that I can consciously remember that marketing is just actually because usually marketing just kind of works subconsciously. But it was the one of the few times ever we have film, and I was seeing this blatant marketing, thinking, Jesus, this is really making me want to go see this film, and I went. And I wouldn't say that I read it. you. <laughs> I wouldn't say I really didn't like the film, but I was underwhelmed. But then came out in DVD a couple months later, and I gave it a couple more watches, and then That's I appreciated nice. it a lot more. And now I actually think that it's really misunderstood. I think it got a lot of un- a unfair flack. I think it's a f- there is some. Don't give me there's some stuff that does stick out. Like I don't know what was going on with Charlie Theron. Like if she was held at gunpoint to that film, but she's really bad in that film. And then. The guy Pierce makeup is not great. Some of the dialogue maybe doesn't work, uh, but I really like it. Ed, Ed, Ed character apparently. Do you know has has there a director's cup been released of Prometheus yet? Aye. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I came out pretty much immediately. <laughs> I, I, didn't. I actually want to standard eat, fucking release guy. I actually <laughs> want to write a fucking article, but we we should actually do a topic about Ridley Scott's director's cuts mm. because. Been interesting. A lot, a lot of, a lot of his films get fucked out, and then the director comes comes out, and you go, "All oh, right, that's that's the film as well." We'll do that next week. Kingdom of Heaven. I actually think we're starting to synchronize because you talk the words of me. Uh, I mean, as we talked what, about that before. Because that's yeah. literally what everybody says. Because I was like, director's cut. But the, the, famous, <laughs> I mean, the, the more famous, actually makes the, sense. The more famous one with Ridley Scott. Obviously, people talk about Blade Runner, but. It's not even a director's cut. I, I know, but I, I think an underrated, fuck, I wouldn't say a masterpiece, but an underrated cracking film. As I fucking love Kingdom Heaven. I think it's a really, it's a really, fucking, really good film. That's the one time I actually really like Around the Bloom as well. Yeah, aye, precisely. Aye. It's one of the few times that he comes across as a decent Person. actor. <laughs> <laughs> comes across, he manages to convince you, you're all, hey, fucking pulled the wool over my eyes in that one. Body, hey. You can fucking do it when you want to, you know, you're like, curly haired worker. Michael, you're a film <laughs> that you liked but then doesn't like. I have four. <laughs> Last three, <is> Mickey. <laughs> no, is, 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 is fucking you something? Yeah. 
No, three three one, of them two, is one, three three of them is the Star Wars prequels. Oh, it's because when you first see it in the cinema and there's so much hype and you're just all more Star Wars, it's like that that was good kind of thing. But when you revisit them, it's just like uh, maybe not so much. Yeah. But which was this? Which is all <laughs> yeah. right? the, the Star Wars prequels, which is. Absolutely groundbreaking for Michael Bresnan, I'm not. The, just, I just say the, this word. No, but the, no, like the I have one three. I have a loophole. <laughs> the loophole is is that on YouTube, there's actually several different versions, but there's one that I've watched several times called the anti cheese cut. Go on of the prequels. Go on, which is just someone went in and like uh, Phantom Menace. They've completely cut out Jar Jar Binks. They've gotten rid of the kind of really racist uh, accents that the, that so the is, guys have. Is it about three months long? It's, it's an hour <laughs> and a half long. Just, just quickly about George R. Banks. Obviously, you know, he was originally meant to be the Sith Lord, eh? Aye, well, obviously, this is a made-up theory that everybody seems like to bring up around me, but... <laughs> Continue. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no. That I've watched the anti cheese edits of all three films, and they f- they flow a lot better, and they're a lot shorter, so you can get through them more. <laughs> I would I would never completely dismiss the prequels because there there is there's lore in there and there's story in there that is interesting. It's just maybe they weren't always executed in the best way. But the anti cheese edits, you can get them on YouTube. There's there's different kind of versions where it's like just people have cut them up and stuff. But they're they're a lot more palatable and they're a lot easier to watch and they're more enjoyable to watch. So I was, I was going to say if if like a kid was getting into Star Wars and watched the original trilogy, watched Force Awakens, like oh what about these prequels? Because a lot of people just dismiss them completely. But there is story there and it, that stuff's canon. Yeah, I think the second, third are are good films. Apart from the. Uh, the, other, the other <laughs> yeah, that's one. that's cut out of the anti-cheese. Nice <laughs> I. He just, I mean, he just fought. Do you know what? If you just, if you just cut out the voice, it just yeah. him falling on his knees and then. the main heron of the discussed recently, and this might be fucking absolute sacrilege to any diehard Star Wars fans like uh, Mickey who, who listen to the podcast. But I personally think, and not only do I think this, but I think that it is head and above better. Than, I think the Force Awakens is head and above better than any Star Wars films ever made. I think it's the best Star Wars film made. I think it's. I think it's. That's uh, your opinion. <laughs> I, I actually think it, uh, it's. It's the right because right. In my opinion, this isn't a topic on itself. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it potentially could if you get going, but uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's to me, Star Wars should be on the kind of Indiana Jones kind of spectrum, right? Where it's like you know it's popular watching it takes you away it does this thing whereas I think sometimes George Lucas gets a wee bit carried away at times I, I actually personally like Force Awakens uh, manages to not do too much of that gives you enough and whatever and it doesn't waste I too much time I don't think it's any coincidence that's the first time that he's not been involved you know what I mean aye and, and I think it's it, uh, a fucking action director action sci-fi kind of mm-hmm. I get really knows how they go right that's, that's, that's too long cut that quick away and it's kind of thing and it's just and I think also the way it's shot and the technology and the way it moves and the way it 
just the way uh, all the ships move and all it, it, it's really it's like fast it's really energetic yeah like, yeah, obviously, me, obviously me, that comes down to technology too but yeah, yeah me, me and Heron has talked about this before and I've, I've I've agreed with him before that it it finally seems like the the technology has caught up with what Star Wars should be. Should be yeah. it's, it's caught up with what what they're trying to do. Yeah, because it, in and... in the original trilogy, you can feel the the restraints. You can like there's like they make a joke about it on Family Guy, but when when they're uh, the the Millennium Falcons like being chased by Tie Fighter or something, he's like, "Don't worry, I got some moves." And it's just the Millennium Falcon just pans from one side of the screen to the other. He's like, "That's your move." <laughs> 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 it's that thing when fucking uh, Ray just fucking. <laughs> she pretty much does a fucking handbrake turn on my hair. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, that's I was like, fucking right. I, I would even say, really I, would, cool. I, would, I would even say. It just, it, it, I've never seen that before, you know what I mean? She just fucking kicks the engine on you and you're just all, yes, I see if I was driving a fucking Corsa, that's what I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 would, I, would, I would even say technology-wise, even on a basic level, you know, not, not maybe, I definitely, with like the action scenes and stuff again, it's caught up, but I think technology and how realistic CGA can look and it's, it's called it what Star Wars meant to be because one of the nicest for me personally anyway one of the nicest shots and it's a simple mm. shot framing wise but obviously it's all CGA is uh, around the start of Force Awakens when Ray kind of what would you say like ropes down into that big fucking cavern you know, yeah the the start, that, that looks exceptional it's fucking absolutely that, that looks gorgeous like, absolutely yeah. you know what I mean amazing. now obviously the it's 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 no. I'm not I'm not pointing the finger at the original Star Wars because they literally could not do that. Then I mean, it just was with out, outside like at, the realms of possibility. Like, but like but, at mean, the time, Star like Star Wars was groundbreaking. Like I mean, that was oh, that was the cutting edge of technology at that time. That's, thing was, was, that's the thing. There, there was no history though. I yeah. think it's it's one of these things. Like we're like I'm like talking about me. Fuck. I'm I'm gonna talk about myself for a minute here. Nah, there we go. <laughs> no, but it's just like there, there's like a, a script I've been working on since I was 18, right? And then occasionally I keep coming back to it and updating it and updating it and this kind of thing, right? And it's just, it's it's, it's not about, it's something I've realized that I like and writing uh, by figuring out what's wrong with my earlier scripts is that I love scripts that have history, mm-hmm. right? This is why I personally think that I like The Force Awakens is because there's all this stuff to refer to. See if you had the rest of Star Wars cut out. I think The Force Awakens, you know what I mean? You have all the stuff. But Star Wars refers to stuff as well. I know it does, but I'm just saying that there's there's something about, right? See see in any film you come in, see somebody come in, The Force Awakens, and the fact that, you know, there's just the canvas and the whole thing is referring to something that happened this big fucking event that happened a long time ago whatever that automatically just draws the viewer in you just kind of step forward a wee bit here hang on can we stop there's like a clicking in my ear go and tap your mic there there's like a clicking come from this side of the thing okay let's just stop this Okay, hopefully no more clicks now. I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> no, not though. But, uh, no, just just what I was saying there, about, about generally about uh, referring to history or things that have happened, characters and films, I think just generally as a washer, you know, it, it, it's one of these things where 
if if you know there's a bit of a canon there or there's a bit of a history, you can kind of do it. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people do it in their first film, and then you know, like for example, like Lethal Weapons, a for example, where like Riggs refers to back then am, and then they don't refer to it in the rest of the films. I'm like, fuck me, here's a bank of information there. You could yep. be fucking. T- I, I know you can fight and all that there, and you can use guns and you know you can use big rifles and stuff and all, but you're like kind of going. There's some serious Nam stuff you could be tapping on there. They actually tap on it in the second one again about the wife dying. History always again, I, I, I really loves the last act. I, and going, I, I, this is actually what happened. You're like, fuck me. I, t- I totally agree. You know, history's I, fucking great. And, you know, we've the whole thing like, we pats against it and all. But I definitely, I, I totally agree as well because see when you have maybe a series of films like Lethal Weapon, like Star Chinatown, Wars. fucking hell. But see if you have like a series of films like Lethal Weapon. Or uh, Star Wars, Space and Wars. they Space don't Wars. they don't use that history they've built up in their films. I think that sort of attacks you in the world because then as soon as you realize that they're not kind of looking the 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 world that they built up maybe in the first one or two installments, mm-hmm. it almost makes you think in in a, in a sort of I would say self-referential way you kind of step out of the film and think oh this is mm. just a product this isn't a world that they're actually trying to but build so, in any sort of so way maybe, maybe only history. maybe only I'm not sure if only people like us would do it you know maybe you know if, mm. if a casual viewer wouldn't really catch on I'm not quite sure but for me it's on the really fucks me off but uh, as a side point do you not think I'll probably both these I, I, I do think this but do you not think that the beauty of The Force Awakens and I think why it tick so many boxes and why it pleases every audience is that you could go and enjoy The Force Awakens without having ever seen any other Star Wars aye. yeah aye, big time I think they do that so well aye. that there's a lot of easter eggs on there for people who are maybe not diehard fans but it's a great thing about you could go watch it right and then you haven't seen them and you go watch the rest of them and go oh fuck whatever and you've aye. just a whole hang to discover it's like fucking yeah. jam I can't I, 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 I think that's all part of that JJ magic though, mm. I think I think he is a really fucking special touch of just Aye. coming into these franchises and understanding them and Aye. just how they make them he's a, fucking he's a smart, really. Smart. I'm, I'm kind of annoyed that he's not. <laughs> I was annoyed at him being annoyed for not picking the next one as well. <laughs> I'm curious what fucking Randy Johnson does with really. it. Very because I See, think that he is a fucking very talented man. I interesting to see what he does. But JJ has form in this that. You know, he just comes in, gets a Kickstarter, and then I fucking work away. All right, he's stuck with his Star Trek. He's a producer too, like you know. I know he's stuff, yeah, he's yeah, producing. Yeah. I'd say I would almost say that JJ Abrams is that's his predominant role. He's predominantly throughout his career being a producer. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. TV yeah. and stuff yeah, as well. Yeah. But yeah, like, but even if you look at like Mission Impossible Three, because he he kind of rebooted that era, now he's still a mm. producer on it. And Star Trek, the only reason he did the second Star Trek is because mm. Paramount really wanted him to do it. So they, uh, to like, be honest, I think after 3D, the, honest, I think 4 was a reboot, though. I think 3D kind of ran out of stuff. They go, I give my wife Mission Impossible? I personally oh, right. think like 4 was a reboot by Mission Impossible because, you know... Right, right, I, well, I think, they, I think they, 4 they, they and 5 are very similar. I think. 4 and 5 are very similar. I actually think they wrote uh, Hunt on Their Corner with a wife. You know mm, what I mean? Because mm. it's like, uh, and then they had to go write how the, because f- this isn't going to really work. Yeah, yeah. So they had to write him out of it, but they explain it at the at the end of four and this kind of stuff. Aye, that he's protecting. But it's, her. it's, a, it's actually a really cool way to explain it. But aye, he he, he can't have even hunt my wife. Like he nah. just can't. 
It's no fun, is it? Uh, Boom. I saw my other one was uh, <laughs> Avengers Age of Ultron because when I've seen it in the cinema, I enjoyed it. I had my problems with it, but oh, I was yeah, like, oh, that, that was a good flick. Last film. And you're I like, hey, it's drunk. all the guys. And then you go home, you're off her. Fuck's sake, that's a shit. Last, last, no. film I, last film I fell asleep during in the cinema, I fell asleep for like fucking 20 minutes midway because I was really? in this fucking house getting blocked with you the night before. I think the last film I fell asleep. I, I think uh. the last film I fell asleep to the cinema was Sweeney Todd. I also fell asleep during Sweeney mm. Todd. Were we there together? <laughs> what did we do the night before is a really question. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever hear a joke about the size of his deck? No. How long Sweeney's Todd drew? About two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, it's not very good. Like. Yeah, I can see that. Like. No, but I watched I watched Age of Ultron again a few months ago. It's probably around February time or something. But uh, I watched it, and there was like as I was watching it, I was enjoying it. Like I really enjoy like the party scene and stuff. Like there's good like interaction stuff there. But just at the end of it, when it was finishing, I was just like, it's not a good film <laughs> like there's there's, hey, good, there's good stuff in it I'll, but I'll tell you one thing right do, do, do you know the end of it doesn't matter big or small at the end of the film I think one thing I always ask myself is do I give a fuck yeah. about what happened to these cunts and if it's if it's I then you're like this could be you know the farthest fucking person from me but I, I actually still give a fuck what happens to this boy because it's, it's sort of, for some reason, they made it real to me. Mm. And that's a good director. That's a good story. That's a good actor. It's whatever. If it's no, then it's just like, they just, they're just trying to sell me some fucking soap. Yeah. Aye. No, but like with, with with Age of Ultron, I just think it's, maybe not the first time, but it's, it, I think it might be the most glaring that you kind of feel Marvel clutches, kind of, oh, you need to put this in, you need to put this in kind of thing. I think and it's 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 near enough one of the few because we're talking about it on how Marvel give you know directors a chance to actually kind of experiment with that sort of superhero formula. But then I think that Age Ultron was the first or one of the first times I'd seen it with him. But it just seemed like because they didn't really have any other ideas. It was just a recreation of the first one. But th- but that's but their big as well. that's their big temple one that they, yeah. so they don't really want to take risks with that. But I mean, certainly at this point, they know they have a fucking colossal audience. They can take risks with like. See, uh, th- that's what's you know that's mean? what's strange about it because, like as we said, like Marvel is taking risks, but like you, like I forgot to mention earlier, like Doctor Strange, like they have a horror director I'm for that. I'm really era. looking forward to that because not only is it going to be horror, but like supernatural horror mixed with superhero film, a song that I've not seen before, and I just people I'm, are calling it the inception of the Marvel universe. Well, no, see, <laughs> see, that, that would, see, that would turn me off because I, I would, yeah, lo- like I would no, I do like it, but I mean, I, I would prefer to see like a proper. Homage in a way to like sort of catchy hammer horror from like the sexiest Christopher, Christopher Lee sort of stuff. That, the bits and bobs I think that'd be too, fucking classic. But yeah, like, back. Hey, but like, no, too sick. That, that shot looks too good. No, no. Make that gum disappear. Make that shot look fucking shit. Go and put a bit of green on that. There's no, no, already. Go and sell to a few crackers to your bank. You have about 79 lights on it. I want about. Don't <laughs> right. I want about one lump on it. <laughs> see, I have a crackery lamp up upstairs, my desk, grab my whack out on it. See, see, I grab you. Uh, see, we're going solo. Like, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I, I don't, you know, I, I want his face to be a fuzzy and grainy. You know, you know what I mean? 
Benedict Cumberbatch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, about, it's about fucking 120 crew going, no. No. I don't know what about. It's just fucking leaping looking. But honestly, all joking aside, how good would it be if they sent you on a Marvel version of a Wicker Man? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking phenomenally good, like. Phenomenally good. Hey, hey, Benedict Cumberbatch is just all... Edward Woodward, Edward wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Lord of the Summer Isles. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Age of Ultron. No, there's there's good stuff in there, like the party scene <laughs> when everybody's hanging out. That's cool, and like when they go to like Hawkeye's ranch and stuff. I think all all the kind of slower paced stuff, where it's just them kind of talking and stuff, is cool. But wow, well, can I say something quickly, just as a be quick thing? If you, you seem just to really want, you it, seem to really want to. Ever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bird just uh, came to me here. Uh, it was a funny thing of, uh, you know, like w- w- when you see somebody that you kind of fancy, and you, you ask them, "Okay, well, will you?" They're all, "I or no," but then we were trying to think of like cryptic versions of this, right? So Christopher, who was on the podcast, was just all low shelf. I was all, "What?" So low shelf you know and he does that look where he looks at you as if you, you should know what he's talking about <laughs> as if as if you're the fucking dummy <laughs> you're all low shelf low shelf what's he talking about low. nah not getting low it shelf. not getting it he's just all <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny thing because he looks at you as if to go right obviously it's this <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's just all Low shelf, because low sh- uh, if any everybody works in sound, low shelf is like a an EQ term, which is a term of how how you manage sound if you're mastering sound. So and he's he's a composer, so he EQ is like a, a sound mastering term, right? So he goes a uh, low because sh- sometimes you play, like take a low shelf out of it and then we'll sort it out. Whatever. So he's all low shelf EQ E Edward. That's <laughs> all right. We better leap. So Edward, Edward Woodburn, Edward Woodward, would you? <laughs> the most I, I I phenomenally all, obscure reference I, of all time. I, know, I was all all right. Sorry, <laughs> I'm not that. Uh, all right, sorry, sorry, I didn't get that. Fuck you me, fucking right? Fucking mad bastard. Anyway, sorry. Fucking. I can have a sit- and and fucking Avengers, whatever. I can have Iron Avenger. I can have a sit down after that walk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. All I was saying is like, there's there's fun stuff in there, and it's the lower key moments that. It's it's just Joss Whedon's writing, I suppose. Like yeah. he get, he can just make fun dialogue and interesting dialogue. But yeah, all the action stuff and just Ultron as a villain is yeah. just kind of boring. And then at the very end, you have the same fucking thing. You have a bunch of fucking robots that is they're just innocuous fucking enemies. Yeah, uh, there's that. The, there's there's no difference of personality. Also, one thing very very quickly just to kind of wrap this up about Ultron. Did you not think towards the end, considering Ultron is supposed to be an even greater threat than the fucking horde of what do you call them? The first Avengers, the is it the putties? The, the putties from Power Rangers? Or the putties, eh? They were like a putties sort of, weren't they? But see, like Chikari or something. You get one in your hand, you throw it up a wall, and it sticks in your roof or whatever. <laughs> was that the no? 
he's supposed to be like, <laughs> he's supposed to be like an even even greater he's supposed to be an even greater threat than the, the Shakira whatever the army was called in the first Avengers but then I think maybe in, in many ways too because it's what are you calling from uh, Sex Lives Video Tip James his name? Spader. Uh, James Spader. James Spader. Because it's James Spader, it, it comes off as being like really crass and sort of kimpy in a way, and like maybe like a, a wee bit too sassy. And you're like, I can't take him seriously. It, it almost seems Aye. like he's kind of joking. You know what I mean? Aye, he's a bit kimpy. it's it just doesn't work. He should be threatening, but it seems like he's having a bit of crack and fucking about with these boys. You know what I mean? Mm. Anyway, it's a bit shit, isn't it? <laughs> you're up. Uh, my one. Very very quickly. Famous last words. I know it's a bike called classic and stuff. I got uh, that and the first one. Superman. Agent my seat. Stop. Jesus. Uh, Jesus. What's he going to say? Jesus. But uh, Wait, I was saying all his keys in all fairness, like <laughs> Evil Dead too. <laughs> Just. I'll get fucked. First watched it when I was young and. Because obviously it's it was the first time I think that I'd ever seen like a mixture of comedy and horror and you know it was a bit scary but then really kind of slapsticky and the fact that what was what I learnt when I got older and the it was basically like a, a fucking remake of the first one that was even more interesting like they were trying to almost camp it up in a way uh, but uh, it's fun the first time you watch it but then when you look back on it it's not as funny as what you remember uh-huh. and you can say it about a lot of stuff the effects are shite and it's not even like so like uh, the first one the first evil you can say oh it's so bad it's good it's about camp it's about niche the second one I don't think has got that excuse and as well everybody lauds Ash Bruce Campbell Bruce Campbell sorry as being this super cool icon of cinema I can kind of understand that in some ways but I really don't think that he's got the charisma that everybody thinks that he does you know what I mean I think that it's most times it come off, it comes off as woodless. It's, it's B bollocks. B bollocks. But the worst thing is or that BC bollocks. B bollocks. But the, aye, but the worst thing is is that it's well played. It's almost hey, well well played that way. But the worst thing is is that it's almost like it's trying to wear its heart and its sleeve and being all oh, we're, we're trying now in Evil Dead Two to spoof a B movie. Look at us spoof a B movie. But then it's kind of pretentious. Aye, it, 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 it doesn't really aye. work. Because for me, I, I'm not going to say that it's easy to spoof a B-movie, but it is pretty easy to spoof, like, how bad B-movies are put together. But that does it in a way that, for me, it just doesn't really pay off. Do, you, do um, you think... And and also, Bruce Campbell... It, it like felt like a there, massive right? joke that we weren't turning off an honour channel. I, just, I was like, what the fuck is this? And also, we Bruce... It's a party you want But Bruce Campbell, too, obviously, like... <laughs> better to like, the party, oh, oh, his, his character is supposed to be, like, this uh, sort of homage and also fucking taking a hand of these B-movie star characters from these really shitty horror films yeah. but I think that his acting is that bad that he actually becomes what he's trying to imitate you know what I mean yeah. well this is what I was going to say do you think that Evil Dead 2 stems from that Sam Raimi realised that Bruce Campbell can't really act mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just like fuck it we'll just take the hand out of it he's like right, fuck it lads it's not the fucking searchers that's my god <laughs> <laughs> I don't know for me it just doesn't really work and when I, was I, Evil, I, I, Evil I've, Dead I've in comparison it. to Big Trouble in Little China a year apart Ooh. I think Evil Dead 2 is 1985 Big Trouble in Little China is 1986 because oh. I was going to say you have a lot better representation of that in Big Trouble it's in Little China perfect comparison literally apart because I mean they're Big Trouble in Little China obviously because it's Carpenter but uh, Big Trouble in Little China that is like we said before that is an homage two B-movies and that is parodying a B-movie in the right way whereas I think Evil Dead 2 
may or may not be a party of a B movie. And like either way, it's a catch twenty two. It doesn't really work if it's not a party of a B movie. But it just appears to be. Then obviously you just haven't made a very good film. See, if it has a party day B movie, it's still so. It's, it's, it's not like if it's a party day B movie, why would you make the same film again? Yeah. Or something. It's it's it is that thing of what we just said. It's like a fucking joke that you're not in on. You're like, but everybody seems to fucking love it. Mm. And you're, and you're like, I think it's an easy film. They love in ways because it's stupid and all that there. But if you actually, for me personally, if you actually see proper homages the not just B-movies but other genres of cinema you can appreciate it whereas I like Mike was saying I don't think that Evil Dead 2 was intended to be a homage to B-movies I think they were just trying to make a bit of a cookier funnier version See, of the first one do you, do you know in a lot of ways what swings it right I think for a while a lot of people is there was a documentary made really close to it uh, about the making of Evil Dead 2 mm. which talked about the effects that they made and how they made it and all and this kind of thing and the documentary became quite popular and I think in terms of the documentary because they talked about like there's a head that rolls over the floor and all and mm. you actually see the boys who's all they're shooting a the head over the floor and it's just like a wee rubber head and they're just all <laughs> they're hanging themselves laughing and all <laughs> and it shows you all the wee fucking bits of yeah. Evil Dead and all and you're just like and the documentary was, was really popular and I think to be honest I think it's the only thing that I can kind of think that makes people kind of go to it because it's not a good film like nah. it's, it's a I think it's pish nah, I, I see I've never really enjoyed it it has its moments but it's just you know it is not a film which achieves you know what you go to watch in the fucking cinema it just sort of yeah. and then as, as soon as you pack past that veneer of oh it's about campy it's about stupid when you actually take a step back and look at it, and I know I say this all the time, it really is not as good as what you think it is. So, it really. So where do you stand on Army of Darkness then? See, I actually think that, don't get me wrong, I don't really like Army of Darkness. I, I just don't really like Evil Dead that much anyway, but Army of Darkness, I think, is actually a film that had its own narrative. It wasn't a remake of the first one, and I think they maybe nailed the comedy a bit better because Aye. they developed... They actually, actually developed Ash. I actually enjoy him. Aye, <laughs> they, they developed Ash, whereas Ash in the second one, you, you don't fuck all with him. He's just somebody running about a fucking It, it fucks me off that they, made, they remade Evil Dead as a sequel. Yeah. It, was, it was fucking stupid. And it's, then it's, Army it's, Darkness. What is there a new one or something? Or no, what? there was. I think there was like a TV was series or Ash versus the Evil Dead or something. Like I, that I, that's there, it. Which is just a big paycheck Has for Bruce Campbell. Or what, or? Oh no, I think it's like one or two series deep now. But I know a TV series. Fuck it. Ain't any saying a fucking bubble who tap now? Nah, well enough. Uh, well, I fucking love Bubba Hotep. In fairness, like, we're giving Bruce Campbell, but if you so Bubba Hotep's pretty fucking good. Bubba Hotep's fucking class. It's a really, really Just good show. Even though he threw off, thank you. Thank but you I think much. I think that might have come with time because obviously in 1985 or whatever it was Evil Dead Two, Bruce Campbell was green as fucking grass and didn't really have much act. No, Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep was like. No, I'm saying Evil Evil Dead Two was 1985 oh, when Bruce Campbell was starting his career, and obviously. He hadn't developed as an actor, and I'm not. He's a very limited. But I think by the time Bubba Hotel came about, he knew how to do a passable he, fucking uh, performance again. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, I love that hounds as well. He's just all. No, uh, oh, but but the. It's your boy thinks he's the boy thinks he's JFK and all. <laughs> he's and he's explaining nice. thing and all. I, I can't remember what exactly he's explaining, but but it, it's not it's not related to uh, what's going on on the fucking news. It's all. He's all. He's all. That still doesn't explain my warts and stick browns in the shit house wall, man. <laughs> you know, as Elvis now, I was fucking hanging myself laughing at that there. But anyway, 
Okay, we shall move on to recommendations. I'll go first. Uh, my recommendation is The Driver by Walter Hill, who done uh, 48 Serious Hours. Film. Serious film. Yeah. Billy Hill. He done 48 Hours and fucking Sovereign Comfort and blah, 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 The Warriors, obviously. It's the most famous one. Sovereign Comfort. But uh, I think he's one of the most underrated directors of his time. The Driver, uh, for anybody who loves Drive, which is probably one of the biggest films of the past five or six years, it is a, a carbon copy. I think. Shut that... up and drive. <laughs> without without the Driver, then Drive would not exist whatsoever. It literally, well, near enough, still is the whole plot. Uh, just the only difference is instead of going against the mafia, the main character who's played by Ryan O'Neill is going against the police. And the whole Ryan O'Neill is the driver. Ryan O'Neill is the driver. He bad. What? He bad. He's fucking. It's probably his he's best performance because, man. like Ryan, he's, he's not bouncing about with his big floppy hair. No, like like Ryan O'Gar. <laughs> Ryan O'Gosling. I was going to say Ryan O'Gosling. Ryan O'Gosling. Hello there. Top of the morning to you, Ryan. But uh, <laughs> like like Ryan Gosling's character in Drive, uh, who is essentially just a mute, and you can obviously see that he's got uh, maybe some sort of fucking mental problems. They don't really delve into the mental problems as much with Ryan O'Neill's one in The Driver, but he is still essentially a mute. And I think in the whole film, he's got something like fucking 35 lines or something like that. Shit. But he plays it so, so well. Also, I think Walter Hill's a model himself. Is like Driver or The Driver? The Driver. Like Drive, The Driver, uh, Walter Hill's a model is a complete exercise in style. It looks amazing. And it's just like the definition of cool. Uh, obviously, if you look at Drive's... If you look at Drive's narrative and The Driver's narrative, which are essentially the same thing, you might not get a lot of the narrative, but it's just how good it looks and just how nicely it flows that it makes it really engaging. So it's definitely worth a watch. Fun. Nice one. Awesome. Uh, my recommendation is while you were sleeping. Oh, really? Fuck me, Max. Not sure about this one, Max. <laughs> it's probably a left field one. He- but, hear, however, hear me out. I'd say I'm a bit more of a romantic, like like our like our fine host and creator, Mick. So I'll. Uh, He's a big delicate flower. I'll, 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 I'll let him continue. I right, hear me out. <laughs> I'll not be hitting the meaning. It's a it's a 1995 film. Starring San- Sandra Bullock. Is Bill Pullman as well? Um, uh, B- Billy Pools. Nice. Billy Pools? Billy Pools, man. And Billy don't pull the crowds no get more. It? Yeah. You know Cause he get it? Because he get them. Ah! Billy Pools. I like it. This is all, he, he was uh, the old president in Independence Day. He's also the old president in the new Independence Day. He is the old president <laughs> in the new Independence Day. Is he back? I know. He's oh, back. He back. Oh, he yeah. back. Oh, he, he back. He got a big beard on him. He will not go silently into the night. <laughs> what there? Today is our Independence Day. Independence Day. He picks it's... up a fucking ooze and he just fucking shoots half a crowd. Just as <laughs> a big fucking demonstration. He's all CM20 here. If I can do that, damn 20, I'm like, fuck it, they're about 10 times it, they're fucking <laughs> alien bastards up there, you big fucking shippy, you big mad head on you, you big fucking tentacle wicker. <laughs> I so while you were sleeping, uh, <laughs> no, you, you know the only reason why I'm recommending it? Does he have an easy in that now? He, he, he has a pocket he fucking easy have a fucking the entire time. But, no, I, I caught it 
maybe like even like a few years ago, it was probably like on ITV fours. That was I was going to say that. That was I caught it. I caught it. You seeked it out, yeah, like, romantic. Like bastard. a like a damp sandwich. I caught it. <laughs> <laughs> or like a dry peanut. Yeah. <laughs> like a damp sandwich or a dry peanut. Cut me in the throat. I caught it. Just you know. No, it was it was just on some random like cable channel, and I just whacked it because I mind seeing it when I was a kid. I bet, yeah. and you just kind of pass it off like one of them bullshit kind of romantic comedies, yeah. or, or, but, like a, or like a summer one. You just thinking of other things you can catch. I call it like a summer one. I call it like a summer cold, or like a summer one. I caught my nags on my foot. <laughs> you know, they were flying away. All the rest, that clothes got fucked, but I caught that. Caught my own nags on my foot and slipped them up over myself. <laughs> I was lying naked at the back, you see. Caught your nags on the dip just today? Aye, on the dip. Get the foot down, slap them up. Nobody's seeing my dick anymore. <laughs> the, the, the story of while you were sleeping is that this guy gets... Does he get hit by a train or something? Or, like, he, he gets, does in, he not, like, from he gets in some kind of accident. Does he, does he not... He gets no, in some kind of accident. Pass, it's not, at a train station. Isn't that really? fucking Sandy from Moose? Aye, it's Sandy from Moose. Aye, Sandy from Moose. Love fucking, that guy. He, he's fucking... Aye, but he... He's knocked out or whatever. He gets knocked out or something, and then Sandra Bullock sees this happen, so she texts him to the hospital. And for un, for some unknown reason, his family ends up thinking that she's his girlfriend. I can't remember why that happens. Mm. But Bill Pullman plays Sandy's brother. And then they start getting on while he's in a coma. Fucking dirty bastard. <laughs> but the reason why I'm recommending it is... Uh, <laughs> recommending it? I can't Shall I really fucking speak for <laughs> Go on. Is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is not, uh, as I say, I, I caught it a few years ago, like an ITV course on the like, air. You chased it. And uh, it was actually just genuinely funny. Like, you, you, you kind of think of it as, like, oh, one of these bullshit, like, no, romantic no, comedies. No, but... No, 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 no. It was actually genuinely funny, and it felt way... Like I said it before, like, I really like The Wedding Singer, and it's one of my favorite Adam Sandler films, because, yes, it has a romance, but it's, it's first foremost, a comedy, but it has romance mm, in it. Mm. And I can't say the same as this, that there is genuine comedy in there, yeah, no. and it actually is genuinely funny, and then they have the romance up on top of that as well, rather than some... Like, a lot of romantic comedies, it's all about the romance, and they just have stupid... Jokes of people falling over or something like that. Yeah. Slapstick. Yeah. Fucking slapstick. <laughs> slapstick movie. But yeah, I, I, I was just I was just surprised because I reminded this from when I was a kid and maybe just growing up with then, like we kind of bullshit romantic comedies, kind of lumping that in with them, but actually seeing it then and it was genuinely funny and it made me laugh. I was like, oh, actually, this is a really nice, sweet story and it's mm-hmm. funny and Sandra Bullock's great, Bill Pullman's great. I'm actually going to change your recommendation just from what. What you're talking about? Do it. It's, you're up. We're, we're we're gonna get fully romantic comedy. Oh. No, but just mad here. Right? There, there's one film I have to say. I have a wee sauce but for and has to be Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, it's a good. Ah. One. Oh, it's a good. One. Ah, oh. Do you like Sleepless in Seattle? I do like it. I fucking love that film. I think it it starts a bit slow, but it definitely goes personally. That's forty fifty. It's just you know, especially the refer. <laughs> is it is it an affair to remember? Is it the refer to the whole time? Aye. That's the fall. That's like she. An affair? Is that the refer to? Oh fuck! She you know. sees it as like the most, apps. the biggest sign of romance or the big most romantic gesture ever from Sheila. Uh, but no, I, I really like it because it's before it's 
it's before they were kind of massively big them too. I mean, yeah. Tom Hanks is the latest thing out there and all and everything. Uh, uh, Meg Ryan wasn't massive no. at that point. It's just, well, I mean, like, it's just after when that, I met Sally, but that was their second film together, was it? Yeah. No, it was their first. No, no Tom Joe, Hanks. Joe, 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 Joe versus the Volcano. Joe versus was, their first. was it their first one? Nah. Okay, that's like 88 they've done, they've done like four together then you've got mail and then, and then there was another one as well I think it did I don't know, anyway. sure. don't know. but Sleeps in Seattle uh, no I really like it it's just it's one of these things where it's the music is a really well made Hollywood film like it's just like you get two actors that are quite good you get a, you get a, a really good screenplay and like there's things about where you, I've seen interviews of Tom Hanks talking about Sleepless in Seattle because it's like a big film for him and this kind of thing and all. And it's just not yeah. as funny because he came to him about. That was almost like his comeback because he had he like at the end eighties and early nineties, bar a league of their own, which is basically a supporting character. His career was starting to take a wee. But not after. No, a league of their own. I think it's ninety one. I'm not sure though. Continue. I don't. I, I thought that was like one of his starting points. No, like of, I, I, of I, I, his forties, like. I know that Sleepless in Seattle was like a kind of him getting back to What, what year was Sleepless in Seattle? 93. No, I think, I think League of Their Own is, is after that. I'll check it now. Has he I'm, directed that? I'm nearly sure. Did he? No, Did I don't, he? No, I don't think No, 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 I think A League of Their Own is like 91. No. I think Sleepless in Seattle is 93. But no, what, I, anyway, I, keep, keep I talking, we'll like check it. Be honest, I think League of Their Own is after. I could be wrong, but I think League of Their Own is after. But, um, no, it's just nice film where we're you kind of feel it where the actors aren't absolute superstars at times so you can kind of shoot anywhere with them do you know what I mean yeah. do you ever get that where, where it's just like fuck me this is a great location uh, Illegal Owns 92 and Sleepless in Seattle's 93 that's Ooh, what it is nice one nice one yeah, yeah. fuck it just along with Philadelphia <laughs> 93 yeah. but uh it fucking there's well that's a release date uh fuck I don't know <laughs> but uh <laughs> No, don't but, be a dick here. <laughs> but um, it's the thing about like like shooting down and they have like like uh, Tom Hanks' character has like a bug house and stuff like this here and all. And there's a couple, there's a couple of really you know like like people at locations scouted that film. Uh, they picked really class locations and it just you just sort of looking at it going fuck me that's really nice, you know. And it's not, it's not shot like particularly like like you know. Really flashy. Yeah. It's shot just nice, nice and just kind of you know like just considered. No, just really considered. Mm-hmm. Like exactly, that's, that's the exact thing. It's not like heavy light and all. It's not like yeah. the fucking specialist by Stallone where it just looks like fucking there's about ninety lights on it. Also, one question. Uh, like myself, was Sleepless in Seattle the first time that you ever knew that people could love in houseboats? Because <laughs> <laughs> for me, it was like. <laughs> but. Uh, the thing I think about the film is, uh, it's there's just, there's just lovely wee things throughout it, you know, like the. I mean, he, he uh, Tom Hanks' character reveals himself quite early, and because he, he's obviously <laughs> he, he's, he's, uh, oh, Jesus, my guy, he's a dirty. He, mu- sorry, he must be. He must sorry. be a Jill must be fucking, you know. <laughs> Being a saucy temptress this week. Like, I thought Tom Hanks was just having to eat Thomas. As I was saying, you know, that, that whole scene where they're they're chatting on the radio and stuff and all, it's it's I me. Mean, obviously, Tom Hanks is a widower and stuff, and it was 
I, th- I think the whole the, the, what I'm saying is is that the whole intent behind the whole film is, is quite nice and quite good. Is that mm. the son rings up and talks about his father, which is Tom Hanks, and then eventually Tom Hanks was the fucking all, and he takes the phone off, and then he just it, it's very simple. He just said, you know, that uh, I can't remember exactly what he says, but it was just you know very simple wants of of. of you know, mm-hmm. a wife and stuff and all, and it was just very simple and sort of pure and just. I just to say, just wanting to be lovely, can Because he's not the same person. In that, and then that's what's what the connection gets made with somebody that's listening to it. We yeah. may grant and it's there's something so nice about that, and just not. Um, I don't know. Uh, but I think I think that that to be honest, I think that's a, that's been a theme through all of Tom Hanks's films. Mm. You know, there, there's there's great intent, but and, and there was like, a, a, she was really mad. My dad was just all, "Sure, do, do you fucking know that boy?" Here? I was all, "Who? Uh, this is like la- literally last week." He's all, "He was on all them fucking shows. I think I seen him on a couple of shows." Only. I was just all, "What is all? He's all that boy. What the fuck do you call him?" I was all, "John." I was all, "John, what, what, fucking John Cusack or something?" He's all, "No, not John Cusack. Not John Cusack. John, John Goodman." Oh, is that the big boy? He's like, no, it's not the big boy, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was chatting. I, I, I honestly, fuck me. Dad's the worst. You know. Are, are you basically saying that your dad likes Tom Hanks? Aye. Because in a way... This will take ages I, if, no, I, but if that, I don't get to that point. But he, I, even <laughs> at that, my granda, who'd be around the same Aye. age or far, he... Besides, see, besides the old fucking classic stars, like, you know, like John Wayne's his favourite, like, most older men, and, like, fucking, you know, Gary Aye. Cooper and all. But one of the few that he, he loves Tom Hanks... And I think it is. It might, it might be that sort of. There's something about this because my dad read this did, article. Did you not bring him. this up before about Gene Hackman? I but think Gene Hackman's. Old boys love Gene. No, but Gene Hackman's a different generation. But they do. Old boys love Gene Hackman. They grant that fucking swears by Gene Hackman. <laughs> <laughs> So what's the fuck? Gene Hackman? No, you get they fuck. No, me, 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 Boys were saying that fucking, old fucking Tom goes up in the set and all. Always a gentleman, always a gentleman. So in the history of him being on set is that fucking, everybody thinks he's fucking signed. <laughs> but he's just like, he's never fucking made an enemy on set. And he's all, I fucking signed. He seems like a sign man. And it's just all, what are you actually going to eventually watch for us, Compen? Because <laughs> my dad has this thing. He's always, oh, is he just going to be running around stupid for two hours? <laughs> This guy, this is his sort of. Is he gonna be running around shipping? You know what I mean? It's this guy. He's all. It's not gonna be a hard watcher. It's gonna be a fucking class one. Yeah. I keep and then it was like we were. I kept trying to push. They watched it the other night. We ended up not watching it. Whatever. But he's all. I said, oh, I'm gonna have to fucking watch. Uh, Forest Gump. We ended up watching Stand by Me instead. And I watched it like two days before we shoot yeah. at the film club and all. But uh, whatever. Uh, anyway. Sleeping in Seattle, like I mean, every it, it's a very bad stigma to have for sleeping in Seattle because it's, it's written by a woman, it's directed by a woman. No, everybody thinks it's I. Everybody thinks it's uh, it's a woman's film. It's just balls. It's a stupid fucking thing they have and all. I really love the film, and she is it. She does she direct? Uh, You've got mail as well. I think she made it. I'm nearly sure though. Because I she... be honest, that's a 
she ruled when her image unfortunately uh, even though she was one of the few female voices in mainstream er, uh, 80s and early 90s cinema yeah. she is now uh, passed away unfortunately and she passed away no. quite young but no, no. Efron yeah no Efron yeah because no. I actually love you. I mean, apart from uh, apart from that scene where uh, Tom Hanks emails her and you've got Mel and says go to the mattresses fight fight to the death and then uh, Meg Ryan's jumping around her bookshop uh, punching air as all as one of the stupidest fucking things I've ever seen in my fucking life <laughs> not a mattress in sight not name mattress in sight as well pointed out by our Mac but uh, <laughs> no Sleepless in Seattle it's a uh, oh, it's a great film really just uh, it's, it's it, and it's not a fucking woman's film everybody's also a woman's film but even if it was a fucking woman it was a fuck but it's one of these things where it's just Ah, it's just a good film. Just yeah. fucking watch it. Yep. If, if you like good blues and all that there and all, good shots and all that there, good heads and all. So one quick story because I've been talking about Sleepless in Seattle for far too long now. <laughs> uh, uh, it was one of these things where uh, fucking it. Tom Hanks changed the line on it where uh, I can't remember what the line previously was where I think it's a really good story. <laughs> it's a tremendous story. But, uh, but it was just like the song was like why are you going off with this new woman and all because the son wanted her to uh, wanted him to be with the Meg Ryan character because yeah. he got a letter and all and he's just like and he's all because I want to get laid <laughs> I want to get laid man I've been laid in like six years and this guy and all and whenever I'm proud of it was Tom Hanks he came up with this whole part of the story really? aye because because he says it was written it wasn't written that way but he says he's all no he's just, I, I ain't gonna be like us here and so Tom Hanks sort of Changed it a wee bit like out there and all, and I just thought, you know, uh, there was, and I said there was more moments like out there, but says we all worked together and it was to make it nice, a nice two-hander and a nice kind of even sort of story and script and all, and aye, well, that's it. Boom. Okay, we'll wrap it up there, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to get in contact with us, let us know what your favorite favorite romantic comedy is, Jesus. favorite Tom Hanks movie is, favorite Meg Ryan movie you know is. How to speak. <laughs> favorite flubs in films when they they mess up a word but they just continue on. Like. <laughs> you find some. You can find us on Facebook, Let's Talk More Movies Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Talk More Movies. Or you can email us, Let's Talk More Movies, at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> you can also leave us comments or reviews on iTunes, Acast, whatever podcast service you like. I have been your host, Michael Breslin. Shanko has been Shanko. Calm Heron has been a wee soft soul. It certainly has. <laughs> Episode 59, baby. 59, really? Fuck it up. Is it? I don't know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Goodbye. Talking about uh, famous uh, dialogue fuck ups, slash, it might have been on the whole fucking plan from the start. Uh, it was when uh, Johnny Depp goes to uh, Al Pacino and says, oh, what I see is uh, give that ring to your wife, Donnie Bradkill. Give that <laughs> ring to your wife. <laughs> so I was like, give it, give it to somebody that doesn't know any better because that's a fugazi. He said, the fugazi is all, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a fake. He said, oh, yeah, it's a fake. I, was like, yeah, I, know, I know what a fugazi is.
So I was one. I always wondered if Pacino fucked that up. But there's like me. There's a me, me and my friend Mickey Kelly have this thing where we just go. This and so yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what fuck he says. <laughs> we just have a thing, you know. So uh, I always just wonder uh, uh, if that was yes, yeah, a fake. He's all yeah, no, it's a fake. No, 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 fuck he is. He kind of stumbles over it. I always wonder if that was intentional or <laughs> it's 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 old patch catching up with the improv. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, are we going to get a pizza and watch U.S. Marshals on? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tommy Lee. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.